Chair Shot Podcast back in your ears with another absolutely loaded lineup to get through. We got so many guffs before we even get to the wrestling, which is also going to be mad busy. Uh, we got so much stuff to do. Things are crazy right now. I'm one of your hosts, Barry. Joined as always by the ever dependent goals. First of all, we got Paul. Barry, when you say the Chair Shot Podcast, I just want to clarify what you mean Go exactly. Go on. Oh, God. <laughs> Can you confirm? Do you mean the one that has been on the air for a decade? <laughs> um, starring the best coast in the world, or some other podcast that's been around for like two weeks and just steals names? I don't know. Which one do you mean? Uh, I mean the first one. Okay. Just well, I, actually, I don't know which one am I on. I actually don't know. I've mean, <laughs> got so many podcasts these days. Bro. I, you I, haven't even I, haven't, I haven't listened to either, so you know. Um, <laughs> so like, I, I, which one are you again? <laughs> Uh, listen, only we may have this name and be a podcast of uh, uh, mid-30s white boys talking about wrestling. We have that market cornered. <laughs> I think you're fine. Well, we definitely... and, also, and also we talk about Marvel things sometimes. So <laughs> that's a niche that isn't occupied yet. Um... I do own the URL, though. So that's, that's true. That's true. And... There's only one chairshoppodcast.com and that's ours because I pay for that shit. That's correct. Yeah, that's correct. So, you're listening to the OG, uh, which is funny because I don't think this was a name that a lot of effort was put into when we when we uh, started this ten years ago. And I don't uh, think it's one we have much affinity for ten years later. But now no. that it's been challenged, that's ours. Yeah, you'd kind of love to ditch it. You're like, well, no, all the other ones say it. And if the three of us are going to keep podcasting for another ten years, you don't want two separate continuities. No. Uh, so we just stick with it. Um, it is ours at the end of the day. Um, so yeah. Also yeah, with us. Also with us is Joe as well. Hello. Unless, he, unless he's emigrated to the other show. Hello. Yeah, no, I, I'm actually switching sides. Sorry. Oh, okay. You're all elite. I'm all. I'm all elite on the chair shop. I tell, I tell you what would irk me a lot is if they were using the CSP acronym. That would now that would get me. Uh, or if they started using guff for the segment name. Oh, okay. then then it would have to be a rib then it would be like someone out to get us i think yeah i don't want to have a like a go because i'm sure it's an honest they no, didn't of course, know of course <laughs> an honest who's, who's trying to ride our coattails there's no coattails to ride this is, out. This, is, but this is the thing barry because their twitter handle is just ours, but with the at the beginning. Yeah, okay. That's a little bit like they tried the first one and it was gone. Oh, well, we'll just put the at the beginning. I think there is there is also a website called The Chair Shot, which I constantly see referenced. There and is, confuse, yeah. Confuse it for this as well. Like, oh, and then, uh, oh, okay, that's what's happening. Uh, it's not a, you know, it's not an original name. I, I remember when, when I suggested it to one Chris Blake back in the day, it was very much off the top of my head and he just went, yeah. Um, uh, yeah, yeah, we didn't come up with the term. No, <laughs> no, 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 no. And in fact, if you were to list off really generic terms to call a wrestling podcast, that would be near the top of the list. But then so. again, there's uh, there's like there's like no good wrestling podcast names left. I feel I feel bad for anyone trying to because every era has been referenced in a name. Every insider term has been used. You're getting yeah. heat. You're working a hold. You're grabbing the rope. You're kicking out at three. You're believing in kayfabe. You're doing all of that. Um, it's just someone, I, someone's I just, gonna have to call themselves like the second turnbuckle or shit, some shit like that. Well, the thing is, right, if we do want to just call ourselves RBR Wrestling, it seems like it's the Wild West now, and we could just do it. <laughs> yeah, we could just call, well, you know what we should call ourselves? The RBR Wrestling. No, we should call ourselves The Wrestling Observer. 
That's a bigger market share. That's a bigger market share. And I think we could just get it. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, that's no. The Chair Shop podcast that you're listening to is uh, is keeping its name. Don't worry. We won't we won't rebrand. No, um, that that URL is too expensive. Yeah, yeah. Speaking, that actually, every time I um, I, I, I as an adult, I am a very uh, I budget quite a lot. I have uh, spreadsheets and Word mm-hmm. docs, and I'm, I'm quite quite thorough. Every time I look at it, I'm like, God, it's coming it's coming around to URL renewal time mm-hmm. um, for my own website, which I never fucking use for anything. You want to plug um, it? No, not especially. Um, okay. Uh, it's just like it's just kind of like the the one place where if, when I decide once or twice a year to write something, I put it up there because um, uh, I can't because I don't want to I don't want to like you know I, you know it's like it's going to be a catch all portfolio place, but I, you know the effort of but now that I have it and I own the URL, I'm like well I don't want to let it go. I might decide someday I actually want to do something with it. But yeah, seventy quid every year for this Whoa. thing nobody wants. That's well, yeah. mine's not that expensive, I yeah. must say. Seventy oh. quid for thebarrylad.com. The game works off there, mate. I pay about twenty for mine. Yeah, I think mine's even cheaper again. I don't know. I don't I know. It. I feel like because when you set up WordPress, they really are. It's like GameStop when they try and get you to buy the game insurance. <laughs> it's like, do you want to buy the URL insurance because you lose this one? I'm like, no, I'm all right. I, I I must be paying for something that I don't actually need because um, I pay for because it, it is broken down as two charges. It's like the URL, and then I, there's definitely it's like WordPress Premium or some shit uh, like that. I think I'm okay. paying for. Uh, and even and yet and when I do use the website, it's just, I just use it as a blog. It's just like I wrote like the last thing I wrote was like a, a, a review, a match review for like an NW match, and I just it's just JPEGs and and text is all that's on there. So it's not like it's not like I'm building little flash animations on there, um, you know. <laughs> uh, so yeah. Anyway, that's that's URL guff for you. Um, but uh, we'll move on to a little bit of life. Goff, uh, me and the uh, and Brona were, were, were traveling again uh, this weekend. It was lovely. We went up to Galway, beautiful mm. county Galway, to see her, her her family, and then we also stopped in uh, and visited some of my extended family on the way home. We were really doing the rounds in, in County Limerick, so that was lovely. Yeah, not too much, not too much news, not too much scandal uh, during the week. You know, lots of uh, uh, movies and music and games to chat about. But in terms of the old life. Uh, fairly straightforward on this end, um, but yeah, I, one thing I did do at work, we'll get to it more in depth later. I did book off Thursday morning, so that your boy can stay up live and watch the American Dragon fly again. Yeah, baby. Uh, this this Wednesday night on, on on TNT or the Fight app for those of us in Europe. Um, so yeah, that's about it for the uh, the life got for me. Though not much else going on. Uh, what about you, Joe? Uh, yeah, I'm also going to be uh, taking Thursday, well, Thursday and Friday off. Um, so I'm just going to stay out for 72 hours, just <laughs> living off the bars of uh, the American Dragon. That's it. Um, yeah, so we'll be watching that live. Cannot wait for that. The thing is, I have not stayed up to watch a show live apart from WrestleMania ever. Well, not since the Attitude Era. So this is a mm. big step. Um, yeah, so that's, that should be exciting. And. Um, had a lot of excitement here this week. A lot of excitement. Um, actually, not that exciting, but we've got some new furniture uh, for the living room, which anyone who's been following the news, I don't know if it's the same in, in Ireland or in other countries, but there's a huge shortage of like lorry drivers in the UK. Oh, is uh, there? Yes, because basically what we did is uh, we kicked out all of the Romanians <laughs> and the Polish people who wanted oh, okay. to do those jobs. 
Right. And then didn't train anyone else. And also the jobs aren't well paid and are really hard and shit. And so apparently no one wants to do them. So here we are uh, struggling to get things kind of moved up and down the country and, and the shops are yeah, struggling to, to get certain things. So we've been waiting for this furniture for two months. Jesus. Um, and no real idea when it was going to come as well, because whenever I checked the expected delivery, they would just move it forward a week, every week. So it's kind of like, look, like, look, look, someone's on the ruse here. I can see what you're doing. Every week, you're just moving it forward a week. You know what I mean? It's not, you're not fooling me. Um, but then suddenly out of the blue, we got a, a notification saying, oh, your furniture is going to be delivered uh, tomorrow. So we're like, oh, shit, okay, it's come in. So I had to try and get rid of the old furniture. Um, got a local charity shop that uh, that sells, they collect wooden furniture especially. They, they sell furniture. Um, they came, booked it all up. They came, took a look at it, said, sorry, it's got too many scratches on. Uh, we can't take it. I said, all right, so I guess beggars can be choosers. All right, I, yeah, so. I was going to say, I've never, like, <laughs> why? That's I mean, a bit, I, that's a bit I think they're basically, they want almost, not new, but like as new so they can resell it. Like it's not just, they don't just sell any old crap. Like they take like good quality stuff so they can kind of have a good chance of selling it. Um, but I kind of thought they took stuff that was a bit ropey so people could like refurbish it or just paint it or, you know, stick it in a garage or whatever. But apparently not. Um, so anyway, Michelle listed it on some kind of app where you can put, stuff you want to free free cycle type stuff that you want to get rid of and um we had a, a lovely lady come by on sunday um to pick up our dining room table and four chairs she uh works for a children's charity and she's going to be using them she was very very grateful very very grateful to get a lovely free ikea dining table and chairs to use in a in a um, office and in return she gave us a lovely little bag of potatoes that she had grown in her allotment so very nice of her. Um, so yeah, it was a very, very pleasant uh, exchange of goods. Kind of makes me think that's what it will be like once the apocalypse happens. You know, we'll be just be trading furniture for food um, here in Britain. That'll probably be about 18 months away, uh, the current rate of uh, rate of things going. Um, but yeah, that was very nice. That was very good. I think that's about it. So we've got a lovely new desk, lovely new dining room table that we're very happy with. So it's a... Uh, very wonderful news. Christmas come early in the, in the town of Escobar household. Lovely. Oh. Uh, that was about the week, really. Uh, well, for me, uh, I enjoyed my second week of holidays for oh, my yes. birthday. So there was a lot of uh, walking. I think I hit 70 kilometers this week, which was like, I wanted to do 10 kilometers a day, which I know for Joe is like an afternoon's walk. Yeah. <laughs> um, but for me, it was quite good. I don't know what that is in miles. I don't do the miles conversion, but 70 kilometers, pretty good. Uh, I know it was that much because Pokemon Go gave me hella Pokeballs at the end of the week. There's the word hella, which I absolutely nice. despise. Um, <laughs> what did I, I watch something that had hella in it yesterday? Life is Strange it. related, was it? It was Life is Strange. Very good, Barry. Thanks. You are the one on the ball there. Yeah. Hella this and hella that. And aren't they we are cool the teenagers? Only... They are the only, that's the only thing I know of that still uses that phrase. Because I remember that being much discussed when that game first came out. I was like, who wrote this? <laughs> um, so we're talking about Life is Strange coming up. But uh, yeah, lots of walking, lots of opportunity to uh, play games, watch TV that I was had kind of in the queue, watch a film, um, and watch the footy, of course. Which uh, we won't spend so much time on the footy as we normally do, Joe. But from a Man United point of view, 
a lot of uh, mixed emotions of a week, mm. especially from the Jesse Lingard point of view. Uh, yeah, yeah. It was, a, it was another somewhat frustrating game uh, with some good performance, but just a lacking, lacking cohesion for me. Yeah. Um, a bit of over-reliant on Ronaldo. Um, no Sancho. Yeah. Yeah, a bit lucky. A bit fortunate. Well, we had the Young Boys match in midweek in which Jesse Lingard... Uh, Ooh, gave them a free goal, baby, right in the 95th minute. Mm. And then he came and rose from the dead to stick in the winner against uh, Stevie Boy Binkle's beloved West Ham United. <laughs> in which there were um, possibly, I, I wouldn't quite go as high, but there were possibly five legitimate penalty claims in that game. Mm. Uh, I think to be completely unbiased, which I'm not, but I will try. I think the Ronaldo ones, all three of them were fairly soft. And I thought West Ham should have had two penalties. <laughs> but sometimes that's how the dice falls, baby. I thought the third Ronaldo was a penalty. The, other the Zuma def- one. Yeah, the other two definitely not. But that one, I could see it. You know, I could see that giving him. Yeah, like there's contact on, on, I think, all three of them. But, you know, the Premier League are, are running with this let it flow uh, let it mandate. Flow. Let, let it flow. Let, let it, it flow. Which, you know, one broken leg so far this season and counting. But, um, yeah, I mean, I thought on the balance of I think United did deserve the win. I think West Ham West Ham played well in the first half and then kind of retreated, withdrew into their shell in the second, which allowed United to kind of press on and get that second goal. Yeah. Uh, and then De Gea with the save on the, the bewildering decision to send Mark Noble on to stick a penalty in. <laughs> um, I'm not sure I buy totally into the, like, he wasn't warmed up. But, like, if you're a professional footballer, you can, you can take a penalty not warmed up. I know. I'm, I'm, what is? I kind of get the argument. You know what I mean? It's like it's almost getting into the mind state of being in the game and being ready. But at the end of the day, it's the penalty. It's not yeah. like you know what I mean. I mean, if he had missed a penalty and then tore his hamstring running back to defend, <laughs> fair enough. But if he kicked the ball and his leg flew off, right, into the- <laughs> he had one touch in the game, which was taking the penalty, and then that again. Then the game ended. <laughs> he was grand, you know. Um, yeah, very hearts in in mouth stuff. Um, not much to report on elsewhere. City didn't look great drawing with Southampton. Chelsea were very impressive against a, a quickly flagging Tottenham team, in which Harry Kane has suddenly become the the kind of the, the most despised footballer in England. This guy, this guy can't do anything. Can't do anything right. Yeah. So I'm interested to see how that story progresses. But um. Otherwise, the only thing I want to bring up this week is not really a life guff, but I wanted to bring up a thing that annoys Paul. He does it from time to time. So this week, the thing that annoys me is these Reddit threads that I see, uh, specifically on the Lost subreddit. But I, I don't think it's limited to that. I think the, I don't follow lost many other. T- fan no, 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 no. I don't think this is this is Lost <laughs> specific. I, I don't follow many other TV shows on reddit anyway i think i follow twin peaks but twin, twin peaks attracts a more hoity-toity <laughs> arty fan um, whereas lost uh, uh especially because it's available very easily now on streaming lost attracts like a, a younger viewer even mm-hmm. than us so you get a lot of threads and this is specifically the one that i hate you get a lot of threads like Mario's laughing in anticipation <laughs> of what i'm gonna say why don't they just swim off the island that's no, right no worse than that that's a that's a legitimate question. Uh, no, because it's a heaven. Now, 
threads like, if you could take a character from another show and put it on Lost, who would it be? Uh, probably Superman to fly me to freedom, I would say. <laughs> it's like, I wouldn't take any character from any other show because that's not how TV works and the show would be ruined. Everything... What if... Oh, what if Tony Soprano was on Lost? <laughs> what are you talking about? What if, what if Bart Simpson was in now. The Walking Dead? Everything yeah, is, it's everything all crossovers. It's just what oh. if, what if, what if um, Iron Man had to fight the plane that crashed? What happened then? <laughs> <laughs> I think that's episode seven of What If, Barry. No, <laughs> oh, I, yeah, they literally do What If. <laughs> but uh, that's the thing that's been annoying me this week. Those threads that people then take seriously and I just go oh idiots on the internet anyway that's life guff do we want to talk a bit of music Barry because I've really gone overboard here I've listened to four albums this week oh my god let's talk, let's talk about some music alright let's start with the uh, the main event like uh, Rampage ah yes uh, you and I both listened to a new release a hip hop pop album called Montero yes by Lil Nas X what did you make of it I, I was about to say to my surprise, but that, that wouldn't be fair. I mean, I've liked most of the singles. I really liked it. Um, I think I probably liked it more than pretty much anything else I've listened to this year, uh, including, you know, the new Brockhampton release, which I love Brockhampton, but I, yeah. I thought this was above that. I thought this was uh, above Donda. Um, <laughs> well, certainly, certainly <laughs> clears the bar of less pretension. Uh, on that bar, uh, you know, and uh, like, um, uh, you know, uh, uh, an album that's you know a little bit heartfelt, a little bit soulful and honest, uh, without smelling its own anus while while making those points, you know, uh, that that stands to its favor. Um, I thought it was really tremendous. I thought there was really only one or two songs I didn't really uh, like. Um, What's that? Uh, dollar sign slime. I didn't think it's. I don't think it's great. I think it's. I agree. Um, and it's it because it's like you know I love Megan The Stallion. She's on there, but it's just just not like it's ninety percent it, of the album is kind of Lil Nas X style catchy poppy hook heavy songs. Yeah, and most of them great. That one it just doesn't. It's not an earworm like basically the entire rest of the album is. Just it just it, it's just a whiff it, it is all for me. And it's you know uh, that's the only one that comes to mind. But yeah, I thought the rest of it. If you like the sounds of the singles, you'll absolutely love this. It's it's stuffed to the gills with uh, uh, with with earworms, and um, I think the standout track for me is probably the one that's also most different from the rest of them, which is probably "Life After Salem," uh, which is a little more straight laced as a song. Um, gotcha. A little bit more ballady, and I think I think he delivers somewhat surprisingly on on that track. Uh, for how is that the how... new thing? Rap ballads. I, I mean, yeah, I mean, I mean, ballad is perhaps a bit too strong. I think it's a ballad. No, but I see what you mean. To the rest that. of the album, it definitely is. Yeah. It's not, you know, he's not, um, it's not total eclipse of the heart, you know. No. Um, but yeah, absolutely loved it. Yeah, big fan. And it's only 45 minutes as well, which is, which is great. Yeah. Especially what, what I've been listening it? to last week. Uh, I really liked it as well. Um, I am a big fan of uh, Little Nazan or whatever his name is. <laughs> Little Nas AX. Um, yeah, I feel very similarly about it to you. I think there's two or three songs in the middle that don't quite hit the mark. I think the one you mentioned um, with Megan on. Yeah. And there was one right before, I think, called The the Void, is it called? The Void, yeah. Just yeah. a little bit, uh, you know. Um, there are some songs that nearly border on, like, 
like rap has come full circle now and is like pop rock almost at, at this stage. Some of the songs have have that kind of nearly Fallout Boy slash Weezer, not the sound necessarily, but almost the songwriting matches up. Yeah, They're very like jug 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 sound with like a chorus bass pop sound over it, which I thought was interesting. But I think my favorite song probably is it that's what i want, that's what I want. the one that they put a music video out for that. i don't know why but for some reason i was like yeah that's... it's just the, the the catchiest most earwormy of the bunch and yeah, well, yeah. while i appreciate the others even the singles that came out previously that i wasn't super hot on at the time i've kind of come around more on yeah well yeah i think especially after listening to drake last week which i i considered a complete dud uh i thought this was a nice comeback a nice terry funk comeback for uh for hip-hop uh, so I guess a double thumbs up on uh, Lil Nas X. Absolutely, yeah, for sure. I mean, and I, and like I, which I rarely do. I listened to it like most of the day it came out while I was working, and then while traveling over the weekend as well, listened to it. Yeah. Because, you know, it's it's rare that I, I kind of, as an album comes out, listen to it that much on a loop, kind of uh, uh, so soon after release. But yeah, you know, two thumbs yeah. up here. Oh, well, I mean, I think it helps that three or four of the songs you, you like know already. Yes, and so yeah. that reduces what you consider like the new length by. 10 minutes you know? right and i and, and i think like you said i think i've also kind of come around on some of the singles as well i think i like i think i actually like call me by your name a little bit less maybe because it's just been so much when that song came out oh my god it was yeah. so unescapable and i think i actually kind of like uh industry baby a little bit more um yeah i think i i definitely like industry baby more but i think i also like montero a little bit more mm. call me by your name just because i i didn't really like it when it originally came out yeah it's one of those ones that i've come around on later um and then the same for the uh I forget the name of it, but the one that's a little bit more soul searchy. Mm. Uh, I forget the name of the track, but I like that one as well. Um, also, this uh, September was the 30th anniversary of Metallica's self-titled Black album. So I listened to that album. It's They put out a remastered uh, box set on Spotify, which is 15 and a half hours long. Uh, <laughs> Kanye West be damned. Um, but I just listened to the actual album, the, the remastered album tracks. Right. And, uh, oh, because yeah. they did a bunch of other like cover and feature and live. Stuff. No, but yeah, they, they put out like a box set of live stuff, demo right. stuff, and uh, the blacklist, which has all the, the cover stuff, like the Miley Cyrus track, if you haven't heard that already, which mm. is really good. And the ghost track, I'm wearing my ghost t shirt today. They, they have an Enter Sandman version on it. Um, oh, really? That sounds cool. Which is funny because me and Barry saw them both live on the same day. Um, but uh, yeah, I quite like Black Album. I'm not one of those. Them preachy folks who's like Black Elm was when when Metallica got bad. I like when they were trash boys before then. Oh, that is the um, most hipster <laughs> take. That is the most. Just be normal and agree at Saint Anger. That just be normal. You know that is the most hipster take. What literally just the second they blew up, they got bad. Fuck. Well, I I like, hipster you and say I I like Saint Anger actually. I also um, don't hate Saint Anger, but I'm just like at least it's agreed upon. <laughs> like it's fine. If you don't like it, that's fine. I actually, yeah, I think it's, I think it's somewhat overhated, but I don't care enough to die on that. Uh, but Black Album, very good album. I won't talk too much about it because everyone's heard it at this stage. But uh, one thing, one point I'll make is that I always considered Metallica's Black Album as the Enter Sandman album. I don't know why, but in my head, I often attribute one song to yeah. an album and think of it as that's the album with yeah. that song on it. Uh, definitely on this listen through, I, I've reconsidered that as as Black Album is the Nothing Else Matters album which is yeah. far and away Metallica's best ever written song. Uh, probably the only Metallica song 
and I, you know, I quite like Metallica, but probably the only Metallica song I would ever consider to put on a list of like all time great songs. Yeah. Um, it's an epic, isn't it? Yeah, it, it makes me think of stuff like uh, Stairway to Heaven and yeah. uh, Bohemian Rhapsody. It's almost like Metallica is one of those. Yeah, no, that's actually a great description. Yeah, no, I, that's, that's, yeah. But um, yeah, and if you haven't checked out the blacklist, that uh, that Miley Cyrus, Elton John, Yo-Yo Ma, <laughs> Chad Smith from the Chili Peppers, uh, that cover of Nothing Else Matters is really good. Um, uh, then I listened to a, a techno album, uh, called Before I Die by a Korean lady called Park Hee Jin, okay. uh, which I posted on my Twitter some lyrics from yesterday, which I'll read out to you now. And these are legitimate lyrics from one of these songs because the, basically the album is is kind of mostly techno beats, although there is some like piano stuff on there. But in true like techno-y spirit, it's just like mantras repeated over the top of these beats. Right. One of the lyrics reads like this: "Oh my God, what you doing later?" Oh my god, I'm dumb as shit. Oh my god, I'm dumb as shit. Oh my god, I'm dumb as shit. Mm-hmm. Oh my god, I'm dumb as shit. What you doing later? Um, <laughs> it's great. Uh, the The album itself, some of the songs are better than others. It's not super memorable because I'm, you know, I'm just not really into techno. But uh, it's not, honestly, it's not even super techno-y. It's it's more kind of dancey with some, like I said, some piano stuff in there. But uh, it has a weird. Uh, English charm to it in that the right. lyrics are super weird and don't really make sense but are kind of charming because of it her voice is good as well in a kind of Korean almost hip hop uh, sound and then finally I listened to a new album today called Eternal Blue by a Canadian metal band called Spirit Box uh, who have a female singer which I always think is an interesting sound for a metal group which is a, a, a genre you really associate with men with ponytails. Um, and it sounds good. It doesn't sound like if, like I know that there are metal bands with female singers out there, Evanescence and Nightwish and Hailstorm all come to mind. This sounds, it's, it's, it's more along the lines of a like metal core bullet for my Valentine type sound, but with a female singer. So, you know, it's interesting. It's uh, it's got a, quite a few good songs on it. I would say the best of the bunch is like the maybe the ooh, which one do I like more? Maybe the first track of the album, um, or or hurt you. What, what like the, the album starts off really strong and then kind of loses its way a bit towards the end, becomes a bit more generic. But definitely the first half of the album is very good. And then final music of shout out I want to mention. This is another what annoyed Paul this week. But this time in the world of music, uh, Natty raised to me a song called Out Out. I'm not sure who the like the artists are, but I know as a featured art artist on it is Charlie XCX, mm. and it's a uh, it's an English redoing of uh, a Laurent Dance, which was a big big hit for Stromae, uh, who's a Belgium artist back in 2010 2011. Uh, you might not recognize the name, but if I hum it for you, you you might recognize the one that goes bum 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 bum. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So it's an English redoing of that, and it's oh my god, it's dog shit. Um, <laughs> uh, so I immediately played the original, which again is called Alors on Dance, which is a French for French for now we dance, or, or then we dance. Um, which is an all time great dance song, all time great dance song. So I listened to that like five times in a row, just to be like, fuck you, new song, fuck you, out out. Um, that's all the music for this week. That was a hefty helping of 
music off this week. Uh, let's uh, jump on over to the telly golf. Uh, wh- which of you is is soldiering on with Marvel's What If? <laughs> well, it has to be me. Paul. It has to be Paul. What it's if me. Paul watched every episode of <laughs> What If he watched something two else? part two part episode? <laughs> I just noticed him by the way. I have that exact same t shirts Barry Barry's wearing, but I have it in grey. I be, yeah, I believe this was a, a a beautiful original from from the fine folks at Pennies. Yeah, mine's Pennies. Right? He's wearing if, for people who can't see. He's wearing the Homer Homer goes backwards into the hedge, JPEG yeah. on a T shirt. Um, my mother. I'm just trying to stall so I don't have to talk about what if you might. Uh-huh, no, no, no. Yeah, what Jesus. if Homer went back into the bush? Um. So I want. I'm all caught up with what if. There's six episodes. I think the sixth episode is like a mid season finale. Okay. So maybe they're taking a break from it now. Thank Christ. Um, episode five was what if zombies right yes yeah it should be called the big what if thing is the, the zombies thing zombies here. it should be called what if we just do zombies and don't really come up with a plot or any kind of cohesive story to wrap around zombies and just do pointless action for 30 minutes uh probably the worst episode of the entire run i would say uh, a deeply dissatisfying story in which nothing much happens except zombies um and they really are like scraping the bottom of the barrel for like we'll get a group together it'll be like the wasp and bucky and hulk but he's not the hulk and they're running around dog dog shit uh, episode 6 then was okay it was um what if uh killmonger rescued iron man this is the premise that most intrigued me when they announced it. Yeah, yeah. I think it, I think it was the most intriguing story, and it, it. But then the episode itself, because they're so short, feels very quickly paced and goes through about three episodes worth of stuff. And I'm by no means a person who'll say what if should be longer. I actually think the what if episode, especially the zombie one, the what if episodes might be better served by being like classic twenty minute length, like a classic cartoon. Yeah, and then you can even split them up into like multi-parters if you want or whatever. But the fact that they're stretched out to thirty minutes often feels like oh, this feels very slow or feels like it's 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 too too little but- butter uh, spread on bread. Whereas this last episode felt like it was too fast. Yeah, because they tried to squeeze so much in and it ended on a cliffhanger. So I don't think that story is even completed yet. Um, but yeah, what if con- continues to be a, a, an immense disappointment that I watch purely out of completionism. Um. Another thing I completed though was Rick and Morty, uh, new season. Oh, we, gotta, oh, we gotta watch more What If Morty. Uh, <laughs> Rick and Morty's entire existence is like a What If show, but good. Kind of, yeah. Um, yeah, I thought the last two episodes were, were pretty good. Um, it got into a bit, as much as Rick and Morty can do, it got a bit deeper into the 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 origins of the characters um, in a way that was interesting, but I don't think it's ultimately really something to look too deeply into for a no. show, the kind of show Rick and Morty is, which is a very much a, a case of the week comedy show. I'm not so fussed about the uh, the the larger mythology at play. But uh, yeah, I made for a couple of good episodes. I quite enjoyed it. And then I watched another couple of episodes of The Leftovers, which having completed the excellent White Lotus, uh, I said, right, time for me to get back to The Leftovers. I'm putting that off for too long. So I'm coming to the end of season one of Leftovers. Which, for those who don't remember, is what people consider like the bit you watch to get to the good bit. Right. So I'm coming to the end of that. I actually think the last two or three episodes have been quite good. But um, excited to see where it goes. Um, specifically, episodes, uh, seasons two and three, which are like really highly regarded. 
Um, but I've I've got like three episodes left in season one, and then I can get onto the good stuff. And that is all I watched. Lovely. Uh, what about you, Joe? What's on the agenda this week? Um, I've mainly been watching um, documentaries about things that happened in the 1990s, um, which they've they've started doing a lot of now. So there's a there's a fever pitch. Um, it's all about the start of the Premier League. There's a Spice Girls documentary on Channel Four, mm. and there's a a new Labour. Uh, Tony Blair, Gordon Brown documentary coming on on BBC Two. So, at that age where you um, you sit there and watch a documentary and go, mm, yeah, Brown. I, I was no, <laughs> where you sit there and go, oh yeah, I remember this the first time round. Um, <laughs> I've got I've gotten to the age where they're just mining my kind of adolescence for for documentaries now. But um, Tony yeah, Blair just goes, uh, <laughs> Gordon, is there a new Labour crisis in Britain? Well, it depends on what you mean by crisis. I don't know why he's fucking taggered. I don't know why that was. Yeah, it's been a crisis. Um, yeah, Fever Pit c- continues to be uh, very good. So season two kind of glossed over United doing the double in 94 and went straight into 94-95 um, when uh, Blackburn won the won the title on the last day. Uh, talks a lot about kind of Alan Shearer and also, of course, Eric Cantona's infamous uh, suspension for a, a kung fu kick aimed at a Crystal Palace fan, which he hilariously, I love how non-remorseful he is for that. He just says, oh, no, it's fine. It's just no problem. <laughs> I regret uh, I regret maybe I didn't help the team win the Premier League, but uh, no, I do not regret kicking him in the face. Has, has Eric Cantona ever met Bret Hart? I feel like that would be a real meeting <laughs> of, of the of the souls. <laughs> just, just incredibly, yeah, remorse, remorseful. Um, so yeah, re- another really good episode. So I look forward to. I don't know how many parts there are. Hopefully a few, but, but um, yeah. That's an Amazon gimmick, is it? No, this is on BBC oh, as well. I think it's on BBC too. Uh, so that's really good. And yeah, I watched a Spice Girls documentary as well. So I was a big Spice Girls fan. I was about eleven, I think, when they started. Um, so very into them. Collected, collected hundreds of Pepsi cans to get a free, uh, free single. Um, in those days, which single was it? It uh, it was a special single they released with Pepsi. I can't remember what it's Ooh. called, but I do still have it at my mom's house. Is it like the twenty fifth anniversary of their first yeah. album? Yeah, yeah, ninety six. Summer of ninety six was when yeah. Wannabe came out. Okay. Yeah, they were. It was. They were only around for such a short time. Looking back at it, it was only a couple of years, really. Um, but look, I think they released. I was looking at their discography, and they released. 10 singles, nine of which went to number one in the UK. Yeah. So like 90% success rate again to number one in the charts, which is phenomenal, really. Um, they burn out pretty quickly. But yeah, quite an interesting documentary. It does have a lot of behind the scenes, sort of camcorder footage of the, the band being put together and them sort of getting to know each other. So yeah, that was, that was really interesting as well. So fun, two fun documentaries there. Footy and uh, Spice Girls. Yeah, that that season was my first uh, season watching the footy, the uh, 94 95 season. Is that oh, old Blackburn? Blackburn and Everton beat us in the FA Cup final as well. Paul yes, right yes. out with the winner. Oh, yeah, I remember that. Just, just reminded me, Joe, I feel like I, I, need, I need to get back to watching the old dark side of the 90s, uh, which was the vice gimmick that they're doing uh, to continually milk the dark side name. But that is, uh, what's the first episode about their. Uh, Springer thing. It was pretty good in in that dark side of the ring way, in that it was kind of cheesy. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, pretty good. If we are in the nineties uh, mood, uh, we'll jump over here anyway to 
uh, movie guff. Uh, Joe, what have you been watching this week? Um, a few movies. I, I watched, rewatched Wall Street, the uh, classic kind of 80s movie with Michael, Michael Douglas, Charlie Sheen, mm-hmm. uh, Martin Sheen as well. So it's still like a really, really good movie. Like it's got that kind of slightly cheesy 80, 80s-ness to it. Um, but it's just kind of revels in it. And Charlie Sheen is, uh, I don't think he's very good in it. No, he's... He's, he doesn't like own the movie. Like Michael Douglas is obviously as, as Gordon Gecko is like, uh, the steals, the steals the show. Uh, and of course, Martin Sheen as well. He plays, plays Charlie Sheen's dad in, in real life and in the movie. And it's really, yeah. Uh, yeah, he's, he's fantastic as well. Kind of provides the heart. So yeah, a fun, a fun movie. And it's just kind of, interesting sort of parallels where they talk about the, the money and the greed and the one percent and right you know with with today except obviously it's like a hundred times more money you know? <laughs> yeah he's talking about oh i've got like 10 million it's like 10 million that's fucking barely buy your house lucky you get a three-bed terrace 10 million um yeah so a fun movie um also rewatched uh parent trap of course one of the, the greatest movies of all time the Lindsay lohan uh, parent trap movie um, from the early 2000s, um, starring Dennis Quaid, uh, Natasha Richardson, uh, and Lindsay Lohan. Um, that's a really fun movie. I don't know what, it's, it's one of the best remakes ever, I think, because hmm. it, it's just very funny. And Lindsay Lohan, everyone's, everyone's perfectly cast in it as well. Um, so just, just just really fun, really fun movie. Um, so that was great. And then the only, probably the most notable thing, I finally, after about 10, well, it nine years now watched rewatched uh the amazing spider-man um the the quick the very quick reboot of the spider-man um series that came after the uh, uh toby Maguire, sam raimi version um starring of course andrew garfield uh, emma stone uh directed by mark webb um the appropriately named director of those two <laughs> I think at the time I was looking back at my letterbox review, I gave it three stars um, based on, on pre- the one previous viewing. Watching this time, I actually thought it was a lot better than I remembered. Hmm. Um, I think it just coming so so close to the Maguire trilogy, it was just retreading the exact same steps. You know, it was exact same plot. You know, Reese Ethan's basically does the Alfred Molina thing. Um, except he's a lizard with one arm instead of a <laughs> big octopus, mech octopus man. Yeah. Um, very similar. The whole kind of origin story is similar, but not as fun because he doesn't get to wrestle Macho Man in a shit costume. You know, he's, he's, he tries to stop a guy robbing a store and then lets him go and then he, sh- he shoots Martin Sheen outside the shop and it's like, Okay, that wasn't quite as good. But I, I do I would say Andrew Garfield, I think, is was really good. Like I think yeah. he's a really good actor. I think he played it very differently from Toby Maguire, whereas whereas Maguire was quite almost naive, very like childlike in those those first three Spider-Man movies. Garfield's a bit more kind of streetwise, but still quite vulnerable with it as well. I think he, he plays in quite a complex way. And I think the rest of the cast are great. You know, Martin Sheen is, is good, Emma Stone's good. Uh, God, I forgot what his name now. The the guy who plays the police chief, Dennis uh, uh, Leary. Dennis Leary. Yeah, I think they're all, they're all pretty good. Um, but again, it just comes down to it doesn't feel kind of interesting or original in the way that the new you know Tom Holland ones do feel like they're they have their own style. 
and something slightly different that they want to do with it. It just kind of feels like a bit of a yeah, box ticking. But having said that, not as bad as I first thought um, when I when I watched it way back when. I, I was a lot lot more into it this time. And um, so yeah, kind of thumbs in thumbs in the middle for that one. Are you going to give Spider Man Amazing Spider Man two a watch? I am because I never bothered to watch that one. Yay! So, someone's got to rewatch it. That'll just fill <laughs> me with joy. I, I was thinking about it as well. I feel like I have to. I've watched all the other ones in recent memory, so maybe me and Joe will talk about it. Um, yeah. You didn't see that at the time, Joe, you said, is it? You didn't see that at the time? No, I never bothered, but never bothered watching it after the first one. But I, yeah, I'm going to give it a go. My only, my only memories of that movie are walking through Leicester Square in London when the premiere was on yeah. and being late to catch my train. Because uh, Jamie Foxx was, was on the stage on, with a microphone doing, you know, gene up the crowd. And I was like, oh, for fuck's sake, I've got to walk all the way around to get to the station. That's my only memory of Spider-Man 2. Amazing Spider-Man 2. So, yeah, but I will watch that. Getting prepped for, for No Way Home. So I want to watch all the all the old ones. So, yeah. So it's me movies. I think I'd rather be late for a train than watch that movie again. Funny enough. Yeah. yeah. But I don't want to you know color your uh, opinions so i'll say no more than that Alrighty, uh paul you and i watched the same movie we did yeah. listen to the same album watch the same movie watch the same movie we we're actually hanging out all week that's what that's why i was yeah. away yesterday uh we watched malignant yeah. from the one and only james Wan. Um, yes also written by him and his wife yeah. Um, his beautiful young wife. Um, she was the cop lady in it. I only found out after the fact. Um, yes, so we watched this movie. This is his. Um, this is like his first like non-licensed movie. I guess since The Conjuring One, when that wasn't a license. I guess because uh, he's only done like Conjuring movies, Aquaman, and Fast and the Furious in the last like ten years. Um, yeah, I think that's right. So this was like this was the big. You've done right, right by us, Mr. Wan. Here's a big stack of money. Write whatever you want. A few months later, you want to write what? You want to do what with it? <laughs> oh, shit. Um, yes. So, Paul, what did you think of Malignant? Um, well, let me give you, first of all, my my uh, timeline for Malignant. So, I think before anything, I saw your rev- review. That was the first thing I saw. Of it. Mm. Which was so glowing not- just as a spoiler. I was going to say, not to spoil the podcast, but it was a glowing review. A 9 out of 10. Mm. Um, and yet, there was still... I didn't have a huge uh, drive to watch it. And then Red Letter Media's Half in the Bag for it came out. Uh, which they said at the beginning, spoilers abound, right? So, you know, if you've, seen, if you've watched that already, you, you kind of know what it is. But still, with no drive to watch the movie... I watched the half the bag as as I do for movies that I don't intend to watch. Like if if something I'm really like, like uh, if they do one for like June or something or Dune as they say in America, Dune. Yeah. Um, I'll probably not watch the half in the bag. I'll watch the movie and then do it. But for movies that I don't really intend to watch, I'll just watch the half in the bag. So I watched the half in the bag. Uh, I think one of the best reviews they've they've ever done structurally. I loved. Um, I like the way yeah. they broke it down. I love very funny the dueling intros. I really enjoyed as well. But after I watched Half in the Bag, I said, "Right, I got to see this movie." 
<laughs> I'm kind of annoyed you watched it after seeing that. This is this is the most. If if ever I was to say this about any film, and I, I think go I say it a lot because I'm anti-trailer in general, but yeah, this yeah. is the most going cold movie ever fucking created. I think. Yeah. But it, um, but then this this the thing is is were I not spoiled on it, I probably would never have gone out of my way to watch it. Right. Okay. Um, it was it was just seeing the the little clips they had interspersed with it, even more so than what they talked about it. The little mm. clips I saw interspersed into it. I was like, God, I gotta see this movie. Gotta see this movie. And to an extent, they they they, they talked it up, um, in a way that I don't think truly delivered on 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 the way that they built it up. Um, they kind of talked about it as a as this like. Uh, crowning achievement of so bad it's good cinema um and i uh, to get to my review part of it i guess is i i i, I did like it a lot I, I gave it a seven i think i wasn't quite as high as you but then you had a completely different experience watching it than i did so yeah. i can definitely understand where you're coming from um i thought of it i went in watching it as this kind of word of mouth phenomenon and thinking like this is the movie that's really going to spread through social media and through video reviews mm, that is yeah, going to get people yeah. to watch it. And so I was surprised to find that I found like the first hour and a half of it way more run of the mill than I thought it was yes. going to be. Yeah. Especially that they talk about it like, it's like The Room. It's like a film that's so bad. And then I'm watching it. I'm like, it's really not. Yeah, it's really not. I Like I, I watched the half in the back. I thought it was very funny. Like, and I thought it was, I also liked the structure of it. But I was I was honestly like gobsmacked that they didn't like it to varying degrees and like Mike really disliked it. Jay a little closer to the middle. But I watched that movie and I was like, this is the most Jay movie. Like <laughs> I, I I thought he would fucking love this. I really I didn't really get it. Like I like I really because because one one direct illusion that's in the movie that's really obvious and yeah. they referenced it a lot is there's a lot of Raimi in it, right? It's it, there's a, it's some real Raimi illusions, and so it's the cheese is is laid on thick, and there's even an Evil Dead tracking kind of shot at one point in it. But I, I, I think I, I don't know. They they were kind of talking about it. They thought it was you know badly acted and kind of schlocky. And I was like, well, I, I I thought it was kind of fun in, in in that way. It was like like they had that op. There's the opening scene in the film, which isn't a spoiler. It's 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 the first. It's the opening gambit they throw out there, where there's like a a doctor running through fucking Arkham Asylum because there's a there's a, a telekinetic monster going crazy, <laughs> and then they cut to 25 years later, and it's a haunted house movie. You're like, what? 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 There was a there was a a Doc Ock origin scene happening a few minutes ago. Like it's, it's yeah. like they, they set the tone so clearly in that opening gambit. I, 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 I don't know. I was, I was, I was actually a bit confused by their review to be honest, but uh, yeah. Well, I, I like that. Like, you know, people watch films and can have different opinions, but I like that. Of we, course. Even, we even have a different opinion on, on their review of a film. Like I thought that they were quite positive on it. Um, like in a, in a, in a, it shows schlocky, like towards the end, like right. the, the end of it, they really, recommend people people watch it. yes that's um, true yeah that being said like i i i found the first i found the first half hour apart apart from the very beginning which, which you alluded to already i found the first half half hour kind of hard to endure i thought it was like very checkboxy in a in a in a james wan yes horror film like okay we gotta set this up we gotta set this up there's the 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 giant house everyone lives in in these kind of movies uh, yes. Whatever about the geography of that and the outside of the house, I don't really care about. But that just that big. You watch any horror film, um, Conjuring, this, Babadook to an extent, all the films, fucking these giant houses they all live in. Yeah. But you know, this, I found the first 30 minutes very, very nothingy. It then picks up for sure. And then the last half hour is like, is kind of, you have to 
behold it. <laughs> it yeah. has to be seen to be believed. Um, I, I agree to an extent that I thought the performances were not, I wouldn't say bad, but I thought they were kind of patchy. Mm. Um, I thought it was a great looking film. I think that's one of the things I liked most about it was a lot. There's a lot of interesting shots in it. Yes. A lot of, uh, a lot of um, creative cinematography. I thought it was a really great looking film. Um, I like, uh, without, without getting into too much spoilers, people who haven't seen the half in the bag or, or who might be tempted to check it out in the back of our review. Uh, a lot of interesting like movements and stuff that I thought worked yes. really well. Reminded yeah. me of another another excellent film called Upgrade, which people, if they haven't seen Upgrade, people should really check out. Um, especially if you see Malignant and really enjoy it, <laughs> like like right. Barry, for example. Uh, it's not the same kind of film, but you you would probably enjoy uh, Upgrade, which is, which is fucking great. But um, yeah, I, I think if if only the first kind of hour and a half was a bit even even a bit more different than than the kind of typical one fair i probably would have enjoyed it even more yeah but uh it is worth it to get to the end because there's some really interesting stuff in there i think i think i think that first like obviously the the, the final the, the final act of the movie is bonkers and i think that's the bit kind of everyone will enjoy i think yeah, i think the mileage does depend on what you get out of that first hour and a half because uh, yeah again i went I, all i heard was people talking about it and talking about this final act and that was the moment i decided like okay i'm going to see this in the cinema and i'm not going to read anything about it until i see yeah. it uh, and so I went in and I saw the intro and I was like, what the, well, what the, is happening in this fucking thing? Because the intro and then the first scene proper after the credits are so not at all recognizable as the same film. It's fucking crazy. Like I said, it's like the opening is like this weird fucking Arkham Asylum nightmare fucking thing. And then there's the credits. And then, yeah, the first half, her first half hour of the film is so... It's like James Wan lost the license to the Conjuring. He's like, well, I'm going to make my own scary house film. And you're just watching it and like, okay, this is a ghost movie. And as much as there's a big twist in the final act, I thought they did a great job. I didn't know what the thing was even going to be with this movie. I was like, is this a haunted house movie? Is this a devil movie? Is this an exorcism movie? Is this a, it's really, she's really a killer. Is this a alien? Is this a, like... And they were, and there was lots of really fantastic red herrings throughout the film. I don't want to give some examples because, again, if someone's listening to this, I don't want to point out which ones are fake and which ones are the actual uh, clue. But there's a bunch of like, uh, like uh, uh, teases that they're not the obvious, like you know, in the in the slasher movie when they arrest the first guy. You know, and you, you just roll your eyes and go, okay, well, obviously that's like he's going he's going to get killed next. Is the is the big revelation um like there's there was a bunch of red herrings and i was like oh, okay he's so it's one of these movies no no it's not that oh it's one of these movies and then when it reveals what it actually is i was like well i could i could have sat here for a half hour and not guessed that <laughs> um yeah no i i i really liked it one thing i did dislike and this is kind of where the dialogue and, and the cheese um sometimes backfire <laughs> when they have their grandiose reveal they have like two separate instances of a character recapping what it is um, of course, in yeah. in plain like in plain uncomplicated English back to the audience, I was like, okay, it's 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 surprising, and you'll never see it coming. But it's also it's not high concept. It's not like you you know, it's it's still wacky horror movie shit. It's not like yeah. you know, it's not some. It's certainly not some kind of uh, you know, uh, hard to grasp concept. So there was yeah, and that kind of hurt the momentum of it a little bit as well in the final act when it came time to talk about it. Yeah. Um, but yes, an experience. I'm- yeah, one thing I said in my review just quickly as well, um, like the the reveal, I I think conceptually is 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 a reveal that people have seen a thousand times before. Yes, yeah, yeah. Just never used in the way that they use it here, which is which is what makes it work. 
Yeah. Because even some of the some of the red herrings I thought it would be were kind of similar to what it actually is. Yeah. But but, but, but not <laughs> but you don't know. With a twist. Yeah. No, I I, I I really liked it as a just a very unique cinema experience because it was one of those ones where I mean me, me and Brona had no idea what it was gonna be. There was a lot of like looking across at each other when it started to come together. I was like, what? And you could tell that the the there was yeah. a real buzz in the cinema as well. It was it was uh, really really something. So I guess, I guess what you can take from it is if you can go in blind to see it, do that. But it's a film you can still enjoy even having known Absolutely. the, the yeah. twist. Because we, we we're coming from both points of view here. I'm 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 curious to rewatch it. I'd actually love to see it in the cinema again, but I'll definitely grab the Blu-ray when it's out. I will be fascinated to see, okay, sit down from the beginning, knowing everything, what what'll hold up and what won't. Um, I, w- I will say the funniest bit of the film, having seen the 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 review prior to watching it. And this isn't a spoiler because it's so out of context, but is is when the lady parks her car right by the cliff. You're like, yes. why did they do that? <laughs> there was, the, I remember watching the scene in question where she parks her car insanely close to a cliff um, and nothing happens. And it's like she's going to a location to retrieve some plot information. And it's a scary location and she gets it and just leaves. And I'm glad they mentioned this in the review because I was like, it, it feels incomplete. It, that, it that feels scene. It's like, oh, something got chopped. You decided to do something and then you decided not to do it. It doesn't hurt the continuity of the film, but it's just really odd. It's just really yeah. odd. I mean, even at the beginning of the scene, she's on the phone to the company or whoever it is to find out where the the, the fi- files are kept. Yeah. And they tell her, oh, it's in that, it's in that uh, place. But she's already driving to that place while they're having that conversation. So the scene feels like stuff's been moving around here and it doesn't yeah. quite work. Anyway, Again, malignant. I, Go watch. I can't. I can't imagine. You know, if you're like the studio liaison, who's like, "All right, Jim, sit down there. Show me the latest cut of this thing you're making. I don't know what it is. Oh, what? <laughs> <laughs> this this movie costs how much to make? Listen, mm. The Conjuring is good and all, but what are you doing? Um, but yeah, um, yeah, that was uh, that was malignant. Uh, tomorrow, I am finally going to go and see Shang Chi, Shang Chi, Shang Chi, which I am looking forward to very much because I've basically heard nothing but super positive things, which is good. Yeah, it's good. I'm, fun. I'm, I'm hoping this will get me back on the Marvel train. Um, I don't think it's that good. <laughs> well, good. yeah, you know, I'm, I'm not. I, I don't need to be. I don't. I don't want them to reinvent the wheel. I would just. Sure. It's just the, la- the last few things I've watched have been crap. So I want them to. I want to watch, even if it's just okay. That'd be all right. Yeah, it's it's um, different enough that you'll enjoy it. I'm also I'm reading Eternals at the moment. There's a uh, Neil Gaiman did a, a six issue run of Eternals a couple of years ago. It's on Marvel Unlimited. I said it's kind of boring. It's all just like oh my destiny. I'm a space god. Uh, the... I really don't know anything about Eternals. I so. I didn't know anything either. It seems nobody tweet me or email me telling me I'm an idiot. <laughs> to me, as someone who's just read a couple of issues, it just seems like really generic kind of fantasy fare that I'm not super interested in, like mm-hmm. celestial beings and. Destiny and you're actually Thor and all this other stuff. Not Thor, <laughs> not Thor but you get what I mean. Uh, yeah. I'll, I'll, fin- I'll, I'll finish it, but I'm not. I, and also, I've just watched the trailers and just like, uh, you know, I'm not. I'm not feeling it, but I'll give it a chance because again, I'm, I'm ready for Marvel to do some new stuff and, and grab it. Uh, anyway, uh, I did watch one other movie again uh, uh, this week. First time ever, despite loving the original, I finally watched Twenty Eight Weeks Later. Um, How's that? With uh, yeah, it's all right. Yeah, yeah. Um, I keep almost saying Robbie Coltrane. That's not right. It's not Hagrid. Um, what's his name? Carlisle. Robbie Carlisle. Carlisle. That's it. Carlisle. Um, it is fine. 
it is they said we're not going to do the exact movie again we're going to go a little bit forward we're going to go a little bit post post apocalypse that little bit of oh we fixed it and now we're rebuilding and i'm like okay interesting interesting they've got dystopian u.s military controlled london i'm like okay interesting 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 i'm liking it i'm liking it i'm liking it and then the second half of the film is oh no the zombies are back oh run away shoot them oh they're gonna eat you don't let them eat you and i'm like all okay right. All right. it's and the end result is it's all right it's all right you know um because i've what, i've owned the two pack on dvd 28 days and 28 weeks and i've never bothered to watch weeks it's fine i i you might it, you know what i think it's i think it's I, that's a real mileage may vary because I, I know actually just anecdotally I know people who love it hate it um, it's a weird one as well because it's so different from the original which is good but you could also make the argument that you could have just not made it it's the other thing they could have done as well yeah. um, one of the lead Americans is Jeremy Renner which is never a great um, you know ringing endorsement for a film but he's not bad in it um, Al Cube Head yeah, it's a it's a it's a one and done. It's a watch it and go, yeah, all right, and never never watch it. Unlike the original, which is a you know pop that Jer- bad. Boy Jeremy Renner, the, the human Funko pop. <laughs> um, yeah, one to one like this. Yeah, it's all right. Um, <laughs> really horrible CGI throughout, um, and and it's a it's it's a a little bit more, actually a lot more a lot more big spectacly uh, set piece. There's there's stuff popping off in this movie. And uh, it's crazy. It's one of the one of the in terms of how much they use it. It's one of the worst um, I can recall. But uh, yeah, it's, it's it, overall the movie's not bad. It's fine. It's fine, but unnecessary. Um, that is the movie guff. Big hefty movie guff there this week. Uh, Paul, I am curious. Talk to me about Life is Strange here, because I've been blowing the Life is Strange trumpet for a few years now. Yeah, well, our mutual friend Jackie Scrine was, mm. uh, he's been on my back for about a decade now for me to play Life is Strange. And so I just happened to be around, off work. I said, um, using my, my promotional acumen as I do, I said, well, if you lads want to hop into Twitch Ski, I'll boot it up <laughs> and uh, play a bit of it, uh, which did did very good numbers, by the way, relative to, relative to what I do. Uh, I'm coming up on 20 followers now, which is quite good. Lovely. Quite good for Lovely. a man with almost zero online presence. Um, but, uh, yeah, I played episode one, Life is Strange. Um, and I played it on my own, which is the thing. And it was, it was mentioned to me during the stream, and I, I definitely agree with it, that it's the kind of game that I, I, I could play with uh, Natty yes, on stream. Really. And so I, I did complete episode one, but Natty and myself are going to replay episode one with potential different choices and stuff. Mm, and then we'll come back to stream episode two, and I'll, I'll stream the rest of the game with her on my Twitch. So I'm looking forward to that. As far as uh, how episode one was, uh, I thought it was like it was like a better... Telltale game. Uh, I really like better, some of wow. the yeah. I really like some of the extra mechanics they've introduced into it. Past walk walk around and make choices. They're, you have yes. a bit more agency in the game that I, I I really enjoy. And and every time Telltale tries to do a fucking shootout or a Batman fight scene, it's the worst fucking shit. It's so bad. Exactly. No, I, I I quite enjoyed it. Quite enjoyed it. Um, episode, so. episode one is interesting because like you mentioned Hella earlier <laughs> and 
like the first couple, like the first, literally the first couple of scenes, a lot of the dialogue, you're like, oh, buddy, this is, this is yeah. gonna, like you, you play it and you're like, this, this might be shit. Like this might be, this is, this might actually be really bad. Um, but I think it, I think it, I think it ends on a nice little cliffhanger. The, the, yeah, it the, it's a nice little appetizer. And I think, um, to their credit, the rest of the season, you're basically off to the races. If you, if you enjoy, if you can get to the end of the first episode and enjoy it, the quality is way up. Okay. Straight away. Straight away. Yeah. I really enjoyed that. I really enjoyed it. I'm, I, I, I must try and pop in and see what, what, what decisions you make. Episode two is fascinating. Um, uh, Hmm. Do you want one tip, one non-spoilery tip? Of course. Okay. There's a conversation. This is the type of thing. <laughs> every time I'm talking to someone about this game, I would never give them this hint about any other stuff in basically any other episode ever. At a certain point, you're going to go into Kate's room to chat to her. She's the. I don't think. Do you meet her in episode one? She's the quiet girl, kind of. Yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. You're going to go into her room to chat to her. And you're gonna you're, you're gonna have point and click a mania going on. Every fucking item in the room can be looked at. Yeah. Take your time. Look at every single item in that room. This is mm-hmm. one of those adventure game things where if you do not, you will regret it if you do not look at all that shit. Okay. Uh, and that's all I would say. That's all I well, would say. For people who who um, watched my stream, I spent the first ten minutes of the the thing reading her journal. So yes. I was very, I was pretty meticulous. I didn't quite do everything, but I was pretty meticulous. Although that journal read worse than, than Hella ever would. There was some absolute yeah. teenage angst going on in there. Yeah, um, I was actually uh, just talking recently on the, I was reading the journal. I started RE8, I'll talk about that in a second. And I was like, oh, journals and games are good. The Resident Evil one's good. Last of Us 2, very good. Red Dead Redemption, you want to make better good. Life is Strange one is, <laughs> it's not good. No. Um, yeah. Uh, what else has been on the agenda this week? Oh, I was also I was also streaming a bit of WWF No Mercy as I do, which also yes. does does quite good numbers actually. This uh, this Zelda thing was a, a stupid idea, um, but uh, what I realized with No Mercy is my original plan to like hundred percent the championship mode okay. is uh, it's not going to be as fun as I thought it was because literally the options are in like a a branching whatever you call that like a tree diagram where. A splits into B and C, B splits into D and E. Mm. And so to get to, let's say, one of the bottom branches of the tree, you have to do like the same five, six things and then lose the last match, which is fair enough if you could like choose at which point to like redo. If you go, okay, let me go back, start from episode four and follow a different branch. But you can't. You have to do them all again. So to get the eight different endings, let's say, of the European Championship, mm. you have to play through eight factorial, like fifty right. matches. And European Championship is one of the smallest championships. And there's like eight championships in the game, so you have to play like a thousand matches. <laughs> so I don't know if I have that in me, to be honest. But I'll I'll, I'll play it a while. I'll, I'll I finished European Championship. I did, I did like two two of the branching. So what, what that's what I might do. I might like. Do at least two of them. Try and get as much different stuff as I can, and then and then move on to the next thing. But um, yeah, we completed the European Championship with um, Al Snow and with Test, and now the current story we're doing is we're going for the light heavyweight championship with Mark Henry. I was gonna, I, I was gonna, add, I don't remember there being a restriction, so yeah, I guess there's no restriction, so I have the advantage where like people can't lift me up and stuff, and I'm fighting like Dean Malenko. 
cheating little bitch. Well, when I, when I do the second playthrough, I'll probably pick someone else. But uh, that was a bit of crack. Um, still on Halo. I started Halo Reach. Yes, on your, uh, your ongoing did, adventure. Yeah, I didn't play much Halo Reach yet, I must say. I, I've done like four of the 12 campaign missions so maybe like a third of the way through but i didn't play it a huge amount this week whereas previous weeks i was like beating two games in a week um i don't know whether it's halo fatigue but this week I, because i wasn't on work i was just doing other stuff watching tv and taking it a bit easier uh, and then the last thing i guess is this um the 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 kind folks at nintendo decided to release a software update which means it's been there the whole time to allow us to use our bluetooth audio for listening to the Switch. Um, very nice of them to do that. So for all Switch owners, we can now, four years into the system's lifespan, we can now pair our Bluetooth audio to our Switch. I, I, I don't understand. I really don't understand how Nintendo... They are the weirdest <laughs> company in the world. It's like so they just had a conversation yesterday. Oh, it does Bluetooth. Oh, you want to use it? Oh, I did. Uh, fine. Here's a patch. Whatever. God, you're so annoying. Like, what the fuck? I don't understand this. There's like, oh, we oh, turn it on. Oh, okay. Okay, then fine. We got nice wired hits. And no, okay, fine. Yeah. yeah. What? A bunch of psychopaths. <laughs> anyway, that's all my gaming update for this week. Uh, yeah, I uh, I played some new games. Um. There was a, a cute little indie game uh, that was in many of Xbox's little trailers and sizzle reels the last, uh, I think, over a year at this stage. Skatebird, mm -hmm. which is the skateboarding game where you play as a bird. Booted it up. Looks really nice. Got a kind of little funky kind of hip-hoppy kind of beat on the menu. You start a new game. You customize your bird. You can put all silly hats and a fanny pack on it. Uh, the tutorial, it's to straight Tony Hawk controls. A to jump, flip trick, grab trick, grind, do lip tricks. I was like, awesome. Pressed into the first game. Ooh, baby, it controls like dog shit. Oh, <laughs> oh, you had me all the way through to the, the second I got into the world. Oh, it's bad. It's bad. Oh, it's a real shame. The camera's terrible. It plays like Simpsons skateboarding from back in the day, which was a horrific video game. Oh, God. Right. Uh, real bummer. But the, therein is the joy of, of Game Pass. You know what I mean? I downloaded it. It seemed like a funny, cute little meme -y thing. I'll tell you, cause I saw a lot of people talking about it when it came out. I was like, oh, that's, if it didn't have its meme factor, there would be no, there would be nothing to it. Um, which is actually also one of the negatives about it. all the dialogue is cringe, fucking. Uh, uh, epic bacon humor, and I just you know it's terrible. Uh, so that, yeah, that's that's Skatebird. I'd, I'd give that an old Misaruni on the on the Game Pass. Yeah, so Untitled Goose Game regains its best bird related game. Yes, crown. undefeated, undefeated um, uh, for now. Anyway, uh, I also played a little bit. I haven't played nearly enough of it, and I'm I, I am anxious to play more. Death Loop, Microsoft Studios PlayStation Five exclusive Death Loop. Yeah. Um, which is timed the, exclusive. Timed exclusive until until next so year. So my review is coming next year. That's right on the on the Series S. Um, yeah. So Deathloop is from the fine folks at Arcane who did Dishonored, which I've sung the praises of uh, many times on this podcast. Beat Dishonored one, reinstalled Dishonored when it came back out on Game Pass just a few months ago. Played it again. I was like, this is still banging. Uh, so Deathloop is a similar kind of game. You can uh, run and jump and melee and shoot and dual fist weapons and stealth weapons 
unlock magical abilities, which are like teleporting all over the place, double jumps, all that kind of stuff. And it's kind of a uh, supernatural kind of hitman-y kind of game where you're trying to assassinate a certain group of, uh, of targets. Uh, the hook being that it, it the game is set in a, a time loop. So every time you die, you start the loop over again. You have to kill all eight of the of the uh, assassination targets in one day. The other thing, not just that you die, you go back. The area, the island is, that you're on is segmented into sections like downtown, the, the industrial complex and so on. Um, when you move from one area to another, time advances one uh, segment. So you've morning, afternoon, evening and night, I think it is. Or I think it's morning, noon, afternoon and evening, I think they are. So if you don't get it all done in a day, the day refreshes as well. It's kind of like Groundhog Day rules. It's not just dying. It's when you, when the day concludes, it starts again. And so it's got a little bit of Dishonored. It's got this not actual time because there's not a timer. They, they, the only advancing of time is when you move from section to section. They've got the timed element and they've also got a little bit of Hitman-y clockwork stuff going on. Because uh, different characters will be on different parts of the island at certain times. There are certain events that will only happen at certain times. Districts on the island are busier or less busy or having parties go on or whatever, depending on what time you go there. There's all these insanely deep clockwork elements going on. Uh, you can, you very early on, you get a power that if you die, you get a rewind feature. That's kind of like your little okay. We're not going to restart you all over again. Here's your 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 kind of your 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 kind of savior feature. Uh, you can die, and it has a kind of dark soulsy feature where you have to go back and get your loot. You can also be invaded by other player characters, like in Dark Souls. So someone, if I I can just decide tomorrow, I'm actually going to just jump into someone else's game and fuck them over. Um, you can do that. The character you play as, if you're invading, is a named character that has a storyline. Uh, reason to be doing that it is so ambitious it's got all this shit going on and if you've ever played a Dishonored game it handles very similarly which is really good your movement feels good your 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 special abilities feel good um, I can't wait to get back to it there's a lot of tutorializing early on um, as you can imagine just from my, my rambling here lots of mechanics lots of different elements lots of menus uh, there's, there's a, a menu exclusively for leads which is like, oh, so-and-so goes for a fucking shit in this part of the island at morning time. So-and-so keeps a firework stash that they move from point A to point B at this time. You've got all of that uh, organized in a minute. There's a lot going on, but it's it's something. I'm, I'm really intrigued. I haven't, done, I haven't taken out any of the actual targets yet, so I'm still fairly early, but Deathloop is uh, very intriguing. Very intriguing. So... Um, that's kind of all I want to play this week. So other than the stream games, I think that would be my thing. So I'm hoping next week I can come back on here and say, here's the skinny with uh, with Deathloop. But uh, yeah, early impressions are super good. So uh, that is that. Uh, Joe, been watching some Twitch. I've been on I've been on the Twitch. The Twitch. Um, I think Barry's got me. You know hooked on watching people play video games i used to think it was is it was stupid oh so watch someone play a video game it's boring but then now i like it so Ooh, indeed i was on i was actually on the youtube and a recommended video popped up for mr adam cole maybe uh who on twitch i believe goes under the name of chugs or the, the chugs. chugs and so i thought oh i'll give it some, give it some watch nothing else on um and it turns out adam cole is 
the nicest man that's ever lived. He is just lovely. Um, I watched his entire, he did a, I think it was his 100th stream and he did a three hours of Super Mario Maker 2. Nice. And, and it was so much fun. He's just so nice. Every time someone says something in the chat, he's like, thank you. Oh, that's amazing. Oh, I can't believe you. <laughs> you know, oh, you gifted, you gifted a sub. Oh my God, that's amazing. Like, he's just so positive. I, I just love him. And there was one guy donated like a uh, hundred pro subs or something. And he literally, Adam Cole sat there for about 30 seconds, speechless. He couldn't, he didn't, he didn't say anything. He was just speechless. He was like, that is amazing. Oh my God. Oh my God. And every time he beats the level, he goes, guys, we did it. It's like, we beat the level. We did it. GG, GG. I'm like, I, just, <laughs> I watched the entire stream and Britt Baker was I popped up for like half an hour as well. They're just so fun together. So yeah, I, I just love Adam Cole. Yeah, I'm making notes from my stream. Yeah, yes. Uh, <laughs> steal those so ideas. When someone gifts 30 subs, go crazy. Which yeah. is really nice. Yeah. Attract Joe as a follower. Nice. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm, yeah, you know, you can tell that me means a lot to him. He's very, he's very uh, sincere about that. Yeah, he also does very kind of quaint swearing, so he never swears. He says, like, shoot and dang. Oh, he's so sweet. I love him. I tried not swearing originally. I would just do it automatically. I'd go, oh, no, I swore. Yeah, it's hard. It's really hard not to. I was was toying with the idea of putting a little button on the thing, which is, like, donate money and I won't swear for X amount of time. But then I was like, I'll not be able to do that. So I'd have to think up a punishment. And anything I was thinking about, like, this is getting too elaborate and I'm going to fucking spill hot sauce all over my laptop or some shit if I try and do any of that shit. Yeah, Um, I did a thing for my No Mercy stream, by the way. Let me show you guys. Uh, I I, I made little bits of paper and put them in a a little glass tumbler for, like, extra stipulations to put on the matches while I played them, just to keep it interesting. Hmm. So stuff like, uh, you must win by submission. As cool. as test against Steve Austin, I'm like Jesus, what submission is yeah, and stuff like that. And one of them was like, don't do any ground moves, or don't do any reversals. But you're, it's in your muscle memory to do them. To do so, it, yeah, yeah, yeah. So so that made it interesting as well because I'm like, okay, I did it by mistake. Uh, next match, I have to put two stipulations on it. Right, that's cool. Yeah, there was cool just to make it more interesting, you know. Uh, although one of the ones was like, let let your opponent hit a finisher before you can win. And so I was, uh, I forget who I was playing. I think I was playing Al Snow as Test. First finisher he hit, he pinned me one, two, three. Oh. So that, that one might have to come out. But uh, What you should do is when you're, when you're letting him hit you, they try and be near the ropes. Yeah, this one, the stage, I think was like a, a hardcore match. Oh, shit. <laughs> um, um, but yeah, that's, that's the Twitch scuff. We're, Adam we're... Cole outed as lovely man. We're, 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 we're <laughs> a Twitch cast now. Uh, let us jump in here to the emails. Chairshoppodcast.com, by the way. Get that plug. I always plug it at the end. It's way too late. I'll plug yeah. it here now as we get ready to read the email. Scott has been in touch. Scott, the boy, Mecca Voices. Good evening, Barry. He says, has it... Uh, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, let me start, start this again. I'm already butchering it. Half a syllable in. Has AEW already done away with the rankings for challengers for title shots? If they haven't, do they have separate rankings for each of the, their titles? For that many... For that matter, how many titles are they up to now? Uh, they haven't added a title lately, so I don't know what he's referencing there. Uh, yeah, it's four. So four. Uh, I mean, they do, they do have impact on there. You know, well, yeah, I suppose bit. that's the thing. Yeah, Someone actually, I, a friend of mine started watching AEW for the first time a couple of months ago. 
and uh, he was he was asking what what are all the belts, and I was like, well, Impact. Let me tell you, this is a hot promotion right now. Um, yeah, so they they do have the Impact, but uh, yeah, so but no, they they still just have men's, women's tag, TNT, are still and, and FTW, and it, but that's not even real. Yeah, that's you know that's a prop. It's, um, well, they're all props, bro. Uh, no, <laughs> they haven't ra- done away with their with their rankings. They still have them, but they uh, don't have separate ones per title. They just have a men's, a women's, and a tag. Men's, women's, and tags. And with TNT, basically since the beginning, they've made it so that it's just people just challenge. They just they just do it. Um, like Miro, uh, although it's kind of I think part of Miro's angle that he's like wrestling he cans. He fights cans. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, no, the men's. I mean, you know. Um, I think I feel like they're probably if they want to do a title defense before the pay per view, which I think they probably will. I was, I was actually just tweeting the other day. I was like, Cassidy is number one at the moment, so I wonder will they do Kenny versus Cassidy? That that strikes me as a believable rampage opener or dynamite main event. Yeah. I, I mean, think. he was in the main event against Omega only four months ago at the pay per view with Pack. Oh yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. That was a very forgettable uh, title <laughs> match. Um, uh, yeah, so yeah, no, they 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 stick to those rankings because it was funny because again it was just like, um, you know, they they post them every week and I was just talking to someone there about how I like they they are still doing them because yeah. they keep they keep the booking honest. It's like they put they post mm. public record. It's like if you want to push someone, they have to win. Um, but but fr- from a, from a booking point of view, though, the fact that they buffer the the wins with matches on dark and stuff allows them a bit of flexibility with it too. So it works both ways. That's just it. Yeah, it's like you know, at the end of the day, it's 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 wrestling. You can do whatever you want. I watched. I don't think we. I don't think we mentioned it last week. Did you? Did we talk about the dark? Uh, where they where they do say the number buffering? Did we talk about the Orlando? We, we talked about it. Yeah. Oh, did we? Okay. because yeah, I don't do the Randy Orton pose. Uh, so, oh yeah, um, so yeah, that was a uh, Scott's uh, question. Uh, the next one, he says, both you and Paul mentioned going to five guys and getting refills. I'm not sure if I've asked this before, but have the Coke freestyle machines made it over there? If so, what flavor combinations have you tried? The peach, raspberry, mellow, yellow is one of my favorites. I will say, uh, uh, first of all, we we do have them, but uh, it's less the freestyle machine that's the novelty to me. It's more so the free refills. The novelty yeah. of the refills. Yeah. Uh, the, the subway nearest to me, uh, or when I was growing up, my my before I moved out, they had explicitly put a sign right next to their Coke machine because they had one of those self serving things, but they put a giant sign next to it saying there are no free refills. Um, <laughs> what? Uh, despite the fact that it's already a like it's a fair like I it's literally Five Guys is the only place in this country I've ever seen do free refills, but they were so adamant that they put a sign up to let you know that there was none in this particular subway. Um, I have to be perfectly honest, though, with regards to the re- with the, the the Coke freestyle. I'm a boring bastard. I just used to get Coke. I just used. <laughs> I just. Uh... I get uh, original Coca Cola, please, Mister Machine. Thank you, Machine. Thank you, Door. Um. Uh. And that's it. Peach, raspberry, mellow yellow does sound good, though. I have to be fair. Well, well, uh, I was in Five Guys the other day. That was part of my walking. I did a nine kilometer walk up to get Five Guys. To Five Guys. Um. And there was a. Well, I was waiting to get the refill. Like Barry, I'm a boring mm. refill man. Who I, I just get one refill of Coke. Fill me up for a Coke. But the girl in front of me went to the Fanta. Fanta has like eight options. Yes, and she was literally one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. All in the one cup. It must have just been like a brown. What? Drink. 
I have, I have, I have to respect it as a boring bastard who only gets regular coke. I, it's like she's, she's in flavor country. She's in flavor yeah. universe. You know. Yeah. I mean, I then got my brown drink, so that's a bit. So some of those, because I actually do like uh, the purple Fanta. It's really, it's really oh, nice. that's that's really nice. Yeah. yeah. So you know, she she might be onto something there. And Scott, one last one here. He says he's giving me a pick one. Uh, pick one. He's got teams: Dudley Boys, Young Bucks, New Age Outlaws. Young Bucks greatest tech, greatest tech team of all time, so I'll go Young Bucks on that one. That's very easy. What's he playing out there? Young Bucks. I mean, at least with Dudley Boys, you have like longevity and titles won. Like New Age Outlaws, they're only a thing for a year, really. Are they? Yeah, but people, I mean, they are they are iconic in their own way. To be fair, yeah. now if you had Voodoo Kin Mafia, that might be a different story. Well, we'll we'll throw them in. We'll throw them in as a little bonus. Uh, oh. If you pick New Age Outlaws, you get VM. young young bucks still. <laughs> yeah, young bucks easy. I mean, Dudley Boys are interesting because it's kind of like yeah, if 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 this was kind of like the one of the ones where the actors where it's like you can only watch their career work. The Dudley Boys is kind of interesting because it's like if you're giving me a a, a, a mile high list or stack of DVDs and it's all the shows yeah. they appeared on. Dudley Boys would be a bit tempting, but I'd still, I'd still go Young Bucks. Yeah, and Dudley Boys have been some of the, the most iconic tag matches uh, ever. ever. The TLC matches, the Royal Rumble Tables match. You know, you could go on and on. Um, but Young Bucks, let me tell you, and Young Bucks are still still building that catalogue, but I, I would still go Young Bucks. From the heights of the cage match the other week, back to three men, this three ladder match. Mm. Young Bucks always take all the boxes for me. That was sick. Uh, that are that are that are that is my email from Scott. Thank you as always, Scott, for the questions and the pink one. I has uh, email also. Uh, good evening, Paul. Is there anyone left on Raw or SmackDown that you'd like to see move to the AEWWE? I don't know why you call it that, Scott. That's very disrespectful of you to call them AEWWE. How dare you? Um, are you are you behind the AW Botches Twitter account? Oh. Um, oh, that would be the that would be the that would be oh I can't what a reveal that would be. It was me, CSP. He says, other than the founding wrestlers, has AW really gotten anyone who you would call an up and coming young star? Uh, the young books aren't exactly young. Omega is almost thirty eight. Jericho's in his fifties. Well, he just turned fifty. It's like the office. We're both in our fifties. Even Cody is thirty six. So while they may be in their prime, they aren't exactly young. I mean, they do. The Orange Cassidy we just mentioned. Surely, uh, surely, Darby Allen, Adam Page, surely not that old. Dan- uh, Daniel Garcia, twenty two. MJF, uh, MJF, MJF, MJF. Well, MJF's like twenty four or some shit, like crazy. Daniel Garcia, to be fair, very, very new, just indoor. He's not super hard. Yeah, to, yeah. I'm talking about people who are like already in the upper to mid card. Well, that's yeah, yeah, that's, that's fair. And and actually, I was actually just having this conversation recently. And you mentioned you mentioned MJF. Whenever this conversation comes up about oh well, you know who have AEW made if you disqualify the elite? First of all, the elite were never in WWE except for Cody. So I don't know why you're disqualifying them. But if you want to say disqualify them, fair enough, because they were New Japan stars. MJF. They built MJF up from... Or or, or does Court Power and MLW get credit for, for building MJF, you know? Like, I mean, to, to put it into context, we saw MJF at a show in Dublin. I don't know if you were actually there. I, I was there. Yeah, yeah, I was there, yeah. It, and he was in, like, the third or fourth match of the night in a completely superfluous tag match. Yes, I can't even. He, was, he wasn't it. featured in someone else. He wasn't featured at all. I think it was him and Justy against like uh, gymnasties or some shit. No, the best friends. What were they called? Who did the? Oh, besties name. in the world. Yeah, yeah besties yeah. in the world. A completely throwaway tag match. To where he is now is like entirely AW have done that. 
They've, yeah. they've entirely built his star. Because um, um, like we're talking Darby's... about that. That show was was maximum. I don't know the exact dates, but I feel like that show was maximum like six months before AW started on TV. Yeah, about, it, yeah. Was, it was around like March, April of, of that year. I want to say. Um. So you know, I think there are people now. While I would make that point, I, I would agree to the extent that like there's been a lot of influx of people whose heights of fame have been on the WWE side. I think that's yeah. Fair to say. Um, but I think there's you know there there's young talent there that's going to take over once once Jericho, uh, Omega, Cody, and the like. Like Cody's already pulled back a lot in yes. terms of his his on screen presence. He's he's moving towards that Triple H um, schedule, you know. Yeah, they do every now and then. They do those angles where he's back in Gorilla, you know. <laughs> and and uh, Omega, to be fair, thirty-eight in wrestling terms isn't super old. Yeah, no, I I I think that's. I mean, they sign, but I mean, they 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 do both, which is what a wrestling company should do. They sign stars, yeah. and they're signing uh, youngsters, kiddos off the block. Who I mean, another one actually as well. Uh, who was Britt Baker before AEW? Yeah, she know? was in the May Young Classic, wasn't she? She was in the May Young Classic. I can't remember who she wrestled. Like, not at all, uh, you know, a noteworthy person. Uh, the, the women actually is a great uh, division to look at for all the for all the knocks it gets. Baker, Thunder Rosa, Sheeta, who were any of these people? It's a, to, to the you know U.S. audiences and, and yeah, Thunder audiences. Rosa was Cobra Moon in Lucha Underground. In Lucha Underground, yeah, that was a uh, her and Lucha um, I can't wait for the time that they pass each other on the ramp. And give each other like the nod. <laughs> um, uh, Ricky Starks, Powerhouse Hobbs. I mean, yeah, the, the, there's there's a sizable list there, and yeah. they've also only existed for two years. Is the other thing as well, which is crazy. We have all these conversations about about WWE, uh, WWE, uh, well, WWE yeah. and AEW, and it's like, yeah, but like all these, all these, all these, like, well, what about this? What about that? It's like, yeah, but they've also they, they're still fucking brand new, you know. Um, I think their I think their track record for making people is pretty good for a company of that of that. Uh, of so that far, and like to to answer the original question, then is there anyone left on SmackDown you'd like to see move to AW? Not really. <laughs> I mean, Not really. Talking point is Steen at the moment, but you know, um, as much as I as much as there are people on Raw SmackDown who are very good, you know, uh, I I I think they need to give it a good little while before they bring in any other people. F- before they start kind of earning their their that TNA WWE cast off kind of mm. nickname, you know, TNA for for better or worse was long thought of as it's mm. where all the WWE cast offs go. And while that's not the case with with AW as we've seen, where Adam Cole, Brian, and Punk have like actively of their own volition chose to go there, mm. you you still don't want to be seen as the place where. The guys go from a from WWE to AW. Um, so yeah, I'm not really fussed about people going that way across across the river for now. I think we've enough. It'll be interesting to see when the first jump the other direction happens. Yeah, yeah. I mean that's the thing. No one's going the other way at the moment because why would they want to? <laughs> so well, it, yeah. it, it's all very one way. So that's why it feels a bit yeah. a bit strange. But, yeah. I wonder if WWE would make a kind of an aggressive play, not even so much in you know like assigning a, a young talent but maybe something like Jericho to the Hall of Fame yeah yeah that's an interesting one um what's also interesting about that 
is, I think, as someone who could desperately use a break from Jericho on, on AEW, I've, ha- I've had it, my feel. I've had it. He's great for that first year. I'm ready for him to fucking, well, not commentate. Yeah. Um, uh, I don't know, be a coach. Um, I think just from you know how much they hung their hat on him for the pandemic and he was he was a savior for them as a as a kind of a big star early on i think tony khan's going to want to hang on to him forever and in the hypothetical AEW hall of fame if it happens in 20 years time i think they'll want him in straight away i think they want him for the foreseeable future as their as their kind of like staying in tna they want him to be oh he's the legend who believed in us and oh blah, blah, blah. he took a chance on us when no one else would they want him to be that guy so i think it would actually be very interesting if wwe said no come back over here chris we'll let you beat triple h or something come on um yeah anyway scott goes on uh my girlfriend and i went out for our birthdays last week happy birthday of course happy birthday to you both uh, very close to my birthday. I think we discussed that on my stream one of the days. He was girlfriend. Uh, Barry, <laughs> keep the private Absolutely. life out of, out got of the you. business. Absolutely got you. Stunning there. Stunning. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> the place we went to calls itself a Brazilian steakhouse, mm. and I'm curious if you could ask Natty. I don't know if she's away. Are you awake? She, she's she's gone to the land of Nod, but I feel like I'm as as a as a person who has a Brazilian girlfriend. I, I'm educated enough to answer this. Uh, if they actually have restaurants like that in Brazil, if she knows, it's one of the places where you don't order food. They just have waiters walking around with huge skewers of meat, and they slice you off a piece as they walk around. Oh, uh, awesome. Well, I know for a fact, Scott, that that is indeed the Brazilian barbecue style, and uh, Natty and myself have attended a. A similar place over here in Ireland, and it was. Oh, she's she's risen. She made a Terry Funk uh, come back. Shut <laughs> so, up! the Undertaker. Yeah, she. <laughs> the hand comes up from the grave, and um, they do that with pizza and pasta too. My God, so confirmed. Anyway, pick pick one best manager talking edition. Ooh. Bobby Heenan, Jim Cornette, Paul Heyman. Have a great week, Scott. That's tough. Yeah. Bobby Heenan, Jim Cornette. Mm. Um, I mean, I, I feel like you have to go Heenan, don't you? Yeah, I think Heyman's very good. Yeah, I think Heyman's very good, but I think Heyman's almost kind of been overrated as a result of all the... If that makes any sense, like he... Yeah, he he was talked up so much that the character itself almost became a, like self parody in a sense. Yeah, I think that's. I don't fair. know. I think it's, I don't know quite how to describe what what, what I have in my head. But I think I, he's I, also I, suffered from modern WWE formatting, where you think about how many boring, even as great as he was, like the Brock stuff. He'd come out, he'd just do the same stuff over and over and over and over in the last like six or seven years. Sure. Heenan was lucky enough that they weren't saying, "Right, Bobby, out you go." It's Monday, twenty minutes. Um, Heenan was lucky enough that in his era and Cornell, I suppose, as well to an extent, no wasted motion. You know what I mean? Picked his spot so well. Uh, whereas <laughs> Heyman's like, right, Brock isn't going to speak at all ever. Um, but it's Monday Night Raw, buddy. You better fucking get this thesaurus on you, you know, and just get out there. Um, so I think he, yeah, the era hurts him. I think Heyman also benefited from being paired with interesting characters because whenever he got paired with uh, someone less interesting it, it bombed more often than not 
Yes. Um, we remember Curtis Axel, the time he kissed Ryback on the cheek. <laughs> and uh, even that Cesaro pairing. Uh, yeah. As brief as it was. Mm. So. Joe, do you have an email? I have an email. Um, email from Scott. He says, good evening, Joe. If money were no option, is there a kit from a team or a shirt from a specific wrestler that you would like to own? Um, I'm not a big kit guy, to be honest, um, Scott. I probably would go for one of the early 90s uh, United ones, the Sharp Fucam kits. Uh, so it was the black one with the yellow trim. That's that's the best one, I think. Yeah, that's one of the best one. And there was also the kind of I think it was from the I don't know if it was the third kit, but it was kind of white with red and black stripe uh, bits, stripes around the bottom. There was also a sharp view cam that I really liked. That was like ninety six, I want to say. I think I, yeah. I got I got hit in a car wearing that jersey. Jesus. Oh my god! I was not expecting that. Yeah, that's, I, you, I, I guess I talked about on um, on one of the podcasts when I was on my own about being hit by cars, and actually I was wearing it was a long sleeve version of that jersey with Solshar twenty on the back. Oh, and I got mowed down like fucking GTA. Jesus Christ! So yeah, probably one of those. I think for a wrestling shirt, I really would love like an NWO Wolfpack. Shirt. Oh, <laughs> I was nice. one of those. Um, I'd love to get one of those. Oh yeah, maybe like an original. Austin three sixteen or a hmm, other good shirts. Yeah, probably I'd, I'd go for one of those classic WCW ones. Uh, probably the Very Wolfpack. Nice. Um, he says I found the blackout rule for your three PM game interesting. The closest comparison I can come up with over here is American football, where local games are televised as long as the local team sells out the stadium, uh, which is part of why Jacksonville plays so many games in London. Because Jacksonville is a terrible sports town that hasn't sold out a game in three years. <laughs> Woo, baby. Shooting, shooting tonight. Um, then again, your football doesn't have television advertising that ours does. Uh, yeah, not constantly throughout the game, just at halftime. Um, yeah, I say that because I wondered when the last time a team like Man United didn't sell out a game, is it a big problem? Every game we see televised here looks sold out to me. Yeah, they, I don't think the tel- televised games do affect live attendances that much to be honest especially for a team like man united who are very popular you know have a lot of waiting lists for season tickets and things like that i think it's it's more to prevent it in the long run but it's also just tradition there's a very kind of strong connection with the 3 p.m kickoff on a saturday which goes Mm. way back to when uh you know very working class fans would work Monday to Friday and then work Saturday morning. So the game was held at three o'clock on a Saturday so that they had time to get out of work, go to the game. Wasn't too early, wasn't too late. So there's a very kind of strong to traditional um, kind of reason between having it at, at 3 p.m. on a Saturday and the, the other television times are almost kind of representative of the commercialization of that game, you know, playing it on a Monday night, playing it on a Friday night, playing late on a Wednesday when fans can't get to the game because it's too late. So it's, it's, it's kind of a, a cultural thing as well as just a, a practical thing in terms of selling tickets. So. Yeah. I think, I think in the, in the more modern sense, it also impacts the, uh, the smaller teams in the lower divisions, mm. because, you know, a lot of the business that, you know, uh, pulling a name out of my head, like Accrington Stanley or like a Wickham yeah. Wonders, I, I'd say a lot of the business they do is literally like walk up sales as opposed to, yeah season ticket holders, etc. So if if uh 
you know, the the big uh, Chelsea game, whatever, is on TV at three, that's going to impact the walk-up sales for those smaller teams that literally need yeah. those funds to survive. So, like, I completely understand why it is. Um, it's just it's just a weird anomaly where everything is televised uh, nowadays except these specific games. But, like, there, there's definitely yeah. reasons to it. Yeah, very, very good point. And I, I agree with it. I think it should stay. I think it's, it's important yeah. part of the tradition. Um, and it gives us a, a quick pick one movie universe. So we have three movie universes. We have Godzilla, Ooh. Mission Impossible, Ooh. and Fast and Furious. Um, well, I've never seen a Fast and Furious movie. <laughs> I, wouldn't pick, only, I wouldn't pick them anyway. I've only seen two Mission Impossibles, and I'm not a massive fan of that. So it would have to be Godzilla, uh, even if just for the 1998 Matthew Broderick. Godzilla. <laughs> so. Okay, well, I've seen... I haven't seen every film in, in these three franchises, but I've seen every Fast and Furious film. And I've seen all thirty-six Godzilla films. Uh, I've, I've, I'm missing one of the Mission Impossible's. I'm, I'm missing Mission Impossible Two, I think. Uh, I would go. I would go Mission Impossible. I think Mission Impossible is the, the best of those films. Um, the, like the last three in particular are, are a really great trilogy: Ghost Protocol, Rogue Nation, and and Fallout. Um, so yeah. Uh, thanks for the email, Scott. Uh. What, what so is it just on to the wrestling then next we can do we can do wrestling we have a quiz but if we're running long we can keep it for next week uh well you know what we should probably do it this week because next week we've got seven bajillion hours of wrestling to talk about <laughs> um, <laughs> well what's new okay we can do a little quiz for this it's not it's not gonna be a super long one i don't think um so let me give you a little bit of a background as to what this is. So, you know, the listeners love a quiz anyway. The listeners enjoy us doing yeah, a, a, yeah, yeah. a wee quiz key. So, the the theme of this quiz is, you know, we all remember the winners. We all remember uh, the, the WrestleMania main events. People holding the title up. How well do we remember the runners-up, though? Mm. So, the, the theme of the quiz will be um, you're just simple, going back and forth, right? You need to give me two things, though. You need to give me a name and a year based on the criteria that I give you. Okay. You can pick okay. either. There, there's there's two categories. You can pick either one. And uh, if you if you get either the year or name wrong, I'll give you one point, let's say, and pass the other point over for, mm-hmm. for, for a steal. So the two categories are, again, runners-up is the overall theme. Right. Mm-hmm. King of the Ring, runners-up. Royal, rumble, Runners up. So, literally, again, the person who was beaten in the final of the King of the Ring tournament, and yeah. the last person to be eliminated in the Royal Rumble match that year. Um, so that's going to be the year and the name. Who would like to go first? So can I just pick freely myself here, whichever one? You I can want pick to... freely whichever one you want, or we could do one first and then the other, whatever you prefer. Uh, what I do you guys would, think? Uh, alternating would be good, I guess. Okay, well, we do we do one round King of the Ring, one round Royal Rumble, go back. Or okay. we do King of the Ring first, and then Royal Rumble. So just do, okay. just King of the Ring for round one. Okay. Uh, King of the Ring, I will say 1996. Mm-hmm. And I will say Jake the Snake Roberts. Yeah, that's correct, of Ooh, course. Okay. Two, two points for Barry. Um, okay, I'll go 1993, and I'm pretty sure it was Bam Bam Bigelow. Yeah, two points for Joe. Okay. 
I think King of the Rings is going to be the harder of the two. Mm-hmm. Yes. For sure. Um, okay. I will say... Hmm. Uh, I will say... 1997. Mm-hmm. And I'll say Mankind. Yeah, that's correct as well for two points. Uh, Okay, I'll go... 1994 Tatanka. It's not correct, Joe. Uh, Barry, for one point, do you want to steal 1994? uh, Oh, fuck. Uh, Complete guess. Yokozuna? No, it uh, it was Razor Ramon. Right. Oh, yeah, Razor. Okay, um, Barry, back to you. I will say nineteen ninety-eight. Yeah, and I will say Dwayne the Rock Johnson. Yeah, that's correct. Two points. Okay. Um, I'm gonna go two thousand, and I'm gonna say Rikishi. Rikishi is correct, Joe. Oh, yes. I never would have gotten that. Yeah. Angle. I'll go 2001 and I'll say Kurt Angle. That's correct. Uh, oh, of course. Yeah. He tried to do the, the whole tournament both years. Uh, uh, I'm going to go for 2002, but I don't really have a clue. Um, I'll say Jeff Hardy. It's not Jeff Hardy, I'm afraid. Barry, for the steal. Rob Van Dam. That's correct. One point for Barry. He was defeated by Brock Lesnar. That That was the year of almost pushing Rob Van Dam. (laughs) About seven different times. Yep. All right, Joe. Uh, So how, how far are we going up to? We go to modern day King of the Rings as well. Yeah, because I don't know any of them. Yeah, <laughs> I have no file. I'll be fucked. I have no idea. Uh, I'll go. I'll go with an old one then. I think I'm going to say 1995, and I'm going to guess Savio Vega. 1995, Savio Vega is correct. Oh, <laughs> I will say. I don't even know if this year is right. Um... No, actually, because I, I only know the guy who won. I was, about to, I was about to say King Corbin, but I don't know who the fuck you beat. Um, okay, uh, I will say 20... fourteen. Adrian Neville? It's not correct, Barry. Joe for the steal. 2014, is it? I think the year might be wrong. I actually can't. <laughs> I don't know what the criteria are for revealing if the year is right or wrong. But uh, I don't want to say it out loud. You know, I haven't done that previously. Uh, uh God, twenty. Who's even there in twenty fourteen? Um, um, oh, God, Kofi Kingston. No, it was Neville, but it was twenty fifteen. I uh, fuck. Um. Okay, sorry, Joe. Go, yeah. Uh, I'll go 2000. No, wait. 2000. 
eight. CM Punk. That's correct. I was going to say 2006, and I was like, wait a minute. He only debuted in 2006. Very good, Jerry. Oh, fucking hell. Um, there was one in 2006. And I'm going to say 2006. And I'm going to say... Oh, I'm torn between two names. Uh, Fit Finley. It's not Fit Finley. Joe for the steal. Um, 2006, Kennedy. No, it was not Kennedy. It was Blaster Lashley. I was gonna, that was the other one. I was, gonna, I was torn between Finley and, and the Blaster. Oh. <laughs> that was King Booker. King Booker, yes. I, was, I could picture Lashley on the poster as well. I was like, ah, oh, that's annoying. All right. So just to give you, uh, without giving any specific years away, you have like the 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 late eighties, early nineties. There's six of those left. One towards the end of the nineties, and then two from the twenty tens. So if you just want, if we get to a point where we just need to pass, I'll give you, I'll give you the the, the rest. Um, okay, I'll go. Um, nineteen ninety nine, and I will say. Oh, X Pac is correct. No, it's not. It's not. Yeah, it? yeah well done. He Fuck was yeah. Billy Gunn beat him in the final in '99. X Pac is exactly Jeez. correct. Where did I get that from? <laughs> I don't know. I don't, but it was I don't work. <laughs> um. Okay, I'll take one last point, and then I might have to. You might have to tap out. I might have to tap out here. I'll say 2019. And I'll say Dolph Ziggler. It's incorrect, Barry. Joe for the steal. 2018, Dolph Ziggler. No, it was 2019, but it was Chad Gable. Chad Gable. I wouldn't. Yeah, my other guess was going to be Otis. So. He was. He was the, the Chad. The Chad Gable. Corbin. Joe, do you want to have a crack at another one, or I'll I'll pass because I don't think I love it. Okay. Well, the scores at the halfway point then are ten points for Joe and nine for Barry. Oh, 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 uh, the ones you didn't get. 1985, the Iron Sheik. 1986, Pedro Morales. 1987, King Kong Bundy. 1988, Randy Savage. Uh, 1989, Rick Martel. 1991, IRS. And 2010, uh, which I think was the year Seamus won it, he beat John Morrison in the final. Mm. So this round should be a bit easier, I want to say. Royal Rumble runner-ups. Joe, you went first last time, so Barry, you can go first this time. Um, oh, sorry, we froze there a little bit. Um, I'm going first, am I? Okay. Um, I would say 2001 Kane. Yeah, that's correct. Two points for Mark. Joe. Um, okay, 1989. <laughs> yeah. Ted DiBiase. That's correct. And you said his name right. For a bonus yeah. point. It was a struggle. <laughs> Barry, over to you. Um, a lot of famous ones here. Right? I think we're going to yeah, get a lot yeah. of these. I, I, I'm, okay. Uh, I will say 2000. Uh, no more BS Paul White. Yeah, that's correct. Although the decision was reversed later on. 
officially. Who won on the who won on Channel Four after Mayo yeah. got her titties out? You know. Yeah, so. big show, big show. Uh... <laughs> big shows, big belly be thrown on top rope. Only the second worst thing of the night that night. Oh my young, oh my god. I will go uh, 1990. Yeah. Mr. Perfect. Oh, Joe is putting his his uh, his early 90s wrestling knowledge to, to good effect here with another two-pointer. That's correct. But at the same time, Barry's eating up all the uh, all the Attitude Era shows. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would say 1999. Stone Cold Steve Austin. That's correct, Barry. Two points. Uh, I've got 1991. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm pretty sure. Oh, which one of them was it? So I remember it came down to Nobs. Brian Nobs. <laughs> they think Nobs is. Wait until I say Tugboat. That's going to be even funnier. Nobs and Tugs were in there. Um, <laughs> no, 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 it wasn't. Uh, it wasn't. No. I think it was Earth. This is what I'm thinking. Was it Earthquake or, t- or t- t- Tugboat slash Typhoon? I think, no, it was Earthquake. Earthquake. Is that your final answer? Yeah. It's, it's the correct answer. Yes. Earthquake. Okay. Um, Back to Barry. Uh, 1998. Yes. Dwayne The Rock Johnson. Is correct. Two points. All right, Joe. Is it time uh, to bring out the big guns here? Is it? Well, we're going to keep going chronologically. Okay. Um, okay. So, nineteen ninety-two um, was uh, Sid Vicious or Psycho yeah. Sid. Okay. Sid Justice, but I'll, Sid, uh, Sid of, Justice, of course I'll give you the points. Sid, actually... you, you gave me no more BS, Paul White. So I think it's only fair. <laughs> Um, all right, Barry, let's pick it up. I will say 2002, Kurt Angle. Yeah, absolutely. Ah, of course. Yeah. Um, so I'll stick with chronological 1993, Macho Man Randy Savage. That's correct. Yeah, as you might expect. Uh, right, Barry, we're getting into the weeds now, Barry. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm gonna skip one. Keep okay. it in my back pocket for later. I'm going to go 2004, The Big Show. Uh, it's incorrect. The answer was no BS, Paul White. <laughs> <laughs> you no, son of a bitch. That, that is correct, of course. Yeah, we won't say who eliminated him. No, it doesn't matter. That's not, not the point of this game, sir. No, no, no. no. Uh, um, 1990. Okay, I'm going to go 94. Now, this is a tricky one. Um... But I think I, I think the answer is going to be HBK. Yeah. Well, actually, the 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 um, the source which I, I got these information does not list the runner up for ninety four because obviously of the circumstances. Yes. Um, but I think the the <clears throat> if you discount that... the the joint winners, the yeah. last person thrown out would have been HBK. Okay, I'll I'll give it to you. Yeah, boy. Uh, I'll, I'll just I'll quickly verify the info, but I'm I'm fairly sure that, that will uh, that will stand. Uh, two thousand and five. Okay, Barry. I'll, I'll go John Cena. 
That's John Cena. That was the Vincent Man's legs exploded that one time. Okay. Um, 1995. <laughs> yes. The British Bulldog. Yeah, David Smith. Correct. I, I'm very impressed by this uh, early 90s run, Jarzan, but obviously yeah. we've, we've watched these shows. I, they burned times. in my memory, yeah. yeah. I nearly went for 88, but I couldn't quite remember. Right. I don't know if you're counting that. But... I do have 88 on the list, without spoiling that that's one of the options. Yeah. But... All right. Barry. Mm. Okay, last one I said was 05. Okay, yeah. so... Uh, oh, 06. Uh, Randall Keith Orton. It was. That's correct. Uh, so I'm going 1996. Yeah. Not sure on this one, but I think it was Big Daddy Cool Diesel. It was Diesel. Yeah. That's correct. All right, Barry. Uh, 2007. Yep. Was the Heartbreak Kid Shawn Michaels? That's correct. Uh, one of the one of the all time best uh, Rumble conclusions. I think it's mm. fair to say. Joe, you're you're. Your final one here of your little run. I assume that's what you're going to go for here. Um, you know, I'm not too sure on 1997. Okay. You're going to go for kind of, Yeah, I know the final four, but I just cannot remember who, who got thrown out last. You might, you might keep that in your back pocket for when we're down to the nitty gritty. Yeah, I might come back for a guess on that one. Um, oh, this is a tricky one. I can remember all the winners for... The, the 2010s, but I just can't. I'm not too sure. Yeah, the, the 2010s uh, are tough. Um, oh, who was, who was the fucking runner up in that year? God. Um, hmm. <laughs> I'm going to say. Oh, I'm going to get this wrong. Let me you won't think. have faith. Hang on. I'm going to go. 2017 Dean Ambrose. I'm afraid that's incorrect, though. <laughs> Barry for the steal. Oh, that's tough. Um, 17, which would have been WrestleMania 33. They re- Roman won that, did he? And he faced Brock. Uh, was it Sheamus? It was not Seamus, Barry. No mm. point for you. Okay. Uh, Roman Reigns himself is listed as the... Uh, Royal oh, Royal. okay. Let me just check who won, because I don't remember that one either. Uh, Royal Rumble was won by T. Undertaker won it that year. What? Oh, no, excuse me. No, no, no. Sorry, 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 sorry. No. Randy Orton. Randy Orton. Okay, that makes sense. That makes Randy, sense. Randy Orton by last eliminating Roman Reigns. Sorry. I misspoke. So no points there. Neil Poin. Neil Poin. Okay. Um, Barry, over to you. 2008, uh, Triple H. Triple H, of course. That was the... Uh, it's all about the game. The big John Cena return. That's the name, Triple H. Joe. Um, oh, I'm trying to think of that. Just and for, for the most recent years, but I should have said, by the way, men's... men's, a, men's no, men's and women's. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. okay. If, you want, if you want to have a crack at a women's, go for it. Um, I think I can't remember any of those anyway. So. <laughs> very disrespectful. Very, very sexist. Well, I just can't remember anything of WWE for the last five years. So, yeah. men or women's. 
Um, oh, fuck. Who won it this year? That would be a good one. <laughs> That's a good question. <laughs> who, who wrestled at WrestleMania this year? That's oh, fuck. I actually can't remember. <laughs> really struggling to remember that one. Uh, I'm going to go 20... 2015 Dean Ambrose. That's not correct, Joe. Barry for the steel ski. Fuck. 2015 was also Roman. Oh, God. This is like the worst match in history. I should remember who the last two were. Uh, Bray? It's not Bray. It was... Kane? Not Kane. It was current TNT champion. Oh, Rusev. Yeah, Rusev. Okay. Uh, okay. okay, Barry, over to you again. Uh, I will say... Two th- I'll keep going chronologically, I guess. 2009, this is actually the first one where I'm kind of drawing a blank. Take a chance. And I will say Triple H again. It was Triple H again. Fuck. Which Two they ended now. up being the WrestleMania match, which was horrible. Yeah, well, that's true. Uh, I'm going to go 2012. And I think uh, there's two winners that I can remember. I can't remember which is 2012 and which is 2011, but I'm going to guess 2012 for this one. Okay. And I think it was Seamus winning and he last eliminated Chris Jericho. That's the correct answer for two yeah. points. Well done, Joe. Let's think into that one. Um, hey, Barry. Uh, 2010. Uh-huh. Batista? Is incorrect, Barry. Ooh, Joe, for the I, steal. I was going to say Batista as well. That's what I was thinking. No, not 2010. Um... Shit. Who was it? Who was it? Who was it? Who was it? Um, I will say... Fuck. Who was it? I don't know. Randy Orton. It was not Randy Orton. No. Edge Edge won last defeating Big John Cena. Oh. Ah, was Cena? Okay. Uh, Joe, your turn. Mm. I'm going to go 2011, okay. which I think was Del Rio. And I remember him eliminating Santino, I think. That's correct. Ah, oh, that's a great shout. They did the fake out yeah. ending, yes. Yeah. Um hey, Barry. I'll go twenty twenty one. Yeah. Oscar? No. Ah! Joe for the steal. Um Bailey. Now, the 2021 women's runner-up this year was Rhea Ripley. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Oh, cool. I was going to say, we're, we're, we're in the chair shot years now. We should be getting these. Should be, yeah. <laughs> this year's oh. one, more than any. Um, okay. I will go... If we had 2014, did we do that one? No, not yet, I don't think. I got 2014 Rusev. Incorrect, Joe. Shit. Barry. Who won in 20... I can't even remember who won these fucking matches. Um... <laughs> that should have been the quiz. <laughs> yeah, that would have been, yeah, that would have been just... Who won the Royal Rumble this year? Uh, oh, that was Batista won. Um... He last eliminated Del Rio. It's incorrect. It was Roman Reigns. Oh, my God. 
Throne reigns. All right, Barry, your turn. Okay. Uh, 2014, 15, uh, 16 was the fucking year I was at WrestleMania. I should be able to remember this. Uh, it's that long ago. My God. Uh, oh, was it again Roman Reigns? It's incorrect, Barry. What? No. 2016. 2016. Yeah. Did I already? I thought I already did this one. No. No. Or did I get another year? Well, this was Dean Ambrose. This one was Dean Ambrose. Yes. Oh, yeah. Okay. Third time lucky. Eliminated by Triple H. 2016. For the, for the title, no less. For the title. Wow. Yeah. So we guessed 2015 Dean Ambrose, 2017 Dean Ambrose, but 2016 is, is uh, third time lucky. All right, Joe, uh, over to you. Oh, yeah, sorry. That's that Barry's guest that time. Oh, God. Um, we, we're going to get desperate here. Yeah. Um, I will go um, WrestleMania uh, 35, I think. That was the women's one. So I'm going to go the Royal Rumble was one. Well, the runner-up was. Oh, my God, I'm losing <laughs> and, my mind. And, and I need the year, Joe, not the WrestleMania. By the way. <laughs> Shit. It was... I don't know what year WrestleMania 35 was. Well, that... If, hang on, 32... <laughs> 33, 30, so I'm in 2019. Okay, 2019. So 2019, I'm going to say... Fuck. Sasha Banks. It's not Sasha Banks, Joe. Fuck. Barry, do you know? 2019 women's runner-up. Um, I have absolutely fucking no idea. I'll say Nia Jax. No, it was Charlotte Flair, and she no doubt gave oh. her the Triple H. Oh, you got me, kid. Look. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right, Barry. Um. Oh, fuck. There are one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten options left only. I left this blank before. I'll, I'll go back again. Cause I'm not certain of it, but uh, uh, 2003. Yeah. The Undertaker? That's the correct answer. Oh, he's pulled it out of the bag. He, uh, he was eliminated by Brock, a young Brock Lesnar. A young Brock Lesnar, that's it. Um, I'm going to have a few more dodgy guesses from the most recent ones. Okay. <laughs> who the one who the Royal Rumble this year? I, I, no <laughs> I, yeah, I cannot remember who won the men's, the men's this year. Um, really trying to think. What were the title? What were the title matches this year? Oh, oh, I yes. Yes, it was. Oh fuck! Who did he eliminate? Ah oh, shit. Um, twenty twenty one. Randy Orton is correct. Yeah, Edge and Edge and Randy Orton was it? Yeah, yeah. They, they got the whole like coast to coast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Correct, Joe. For two points. Um. Okay. Twenty twenty women. Charlotte Flair again. It's not Charlotte Flair. Joe, any idea? Um, Becky won it. Um, I have no idea. I gotta go Oscar. It's not Asuka. Whoever guessed Nia Jax that one time was close. Uh, me, Vegas. It was Shayna Baszler. Oh, okay, yeah. Tag yeah. team partner. Oh god, yeah. I'm, I'm. I think I'm really out now. I All have right. no fucking idea about these modern ones. I really don't. Your turn, Joe. Uh, 
Um, I'll go back to 1997. Yeah. And I'm gonna, oh, I'm gonna get it wrong, but I think I'll go Vader. Nah, Bret Hart. Oh, why didn't I say Bret? I knew it was oh, Bret. Wait, I was supposed to tell that to Barry. Sorry. Was, yeah, oh, shit. He wouldn't have got it. He wouldn't have got it. I, uh, they, had, they had a Mania match, so they would have been, it, would have, it was between him and The Rock. No. Well, I'll tell you what, Barry, if you get if you get one wrong, I won't pass over Joe just to level it up. If you want to have a crack at one of these. Okay. Um... Oh, I'm after, I have lost track of what years are even left. Um... All the all the late ones, <laughs> and then one really early one, and then one in the chair shot years, but a bit further back. In the chair shot years. Hang on, we've done ten, eleven, twelve. We did thirteen. If I say a year, would you tell me if it's already done? Oh, in the interest of fairness, I'll tell you it's twenty thirteen. Okay, yeah, twenty thirteen. Okay, twenty thirteen was won by Cena. God, I mean, there's always a chance it's fucking Orton. Um, I'm torn between Orton and Punk. I cannot remember for the life of me. Punk was in the title match, no, that doesn't. Um, uh, Orton, let's say Orton. It's not Orton. Child, okay. do you know? No, he doesn't get an option because you gave away my. Oh, that's yeah. true. Sorry about that. Yeah. Well, I'll give you a clue anyway. Ah! Oh, the Ryback. Ryback. Oh, it was Ryback. Okay, we've down. We've only got five left. Nitty gritty. Uh, okay. Um, Just I'll go twenty. I'll tell you what. We have left 1988, 2018 both, 2019 men's, 2020 men's. So hang on. Sorry. So again, 2018, 2019. Yeah, both in 2018. The men's yeah. in 2019 and 2020, and 1988. Okay, I'll go for 2018 and. Fuck, who did him name? Uh, uh, Goldberg. Goldberg. Not Goldberg, Barry. 2018. I don't even know who won in 2018. Um, <laughs> um, I say Bray again. It wasn't. The winner was Shinsuke. Ah. Shinsuke. He last eliminated Roman Reigns. Oh, that's a weird. Yeah, that, ring, that rings a bell now. Yeah, because that's a very odd ending. But yeah, uh, I'll go twenty twenty. No, no, this is Barry's. Oh, oh, sorry, oh sorry, yes, sorry, no. sorry. Uh, yeah, twenty twenty men. I guess. Yeah. Uh, Drew won. I remember that much at mm-hmm. least. He eliminated Brock halfway through. Braun? Not Braun, Joe. Ooh, good guess. Um, no, this is so terrible. Like this, we and we all. I watched the, all these matches. I have because I always watch the Rumble. Uh, was it Baron Corbin? No, it wasn't Baron Corbin. Shit, it wasn't. Um, it was Roman Reigns. Um, oh my god, it's just, it's always then, Roman Reigns. It's let me just Roman give you of a, 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 a quick statistic, right? Of the of the uh, CSP years, including 2010, although we didn't cover the Royal Rumble that year, right? Right. Do I know how many you've got right so far? Like uh, two, three. Do I, know <laughs> many, do I know how many you got wrong? 
11. Oh. 11. <laughs> so you're, you're, we have a 3 and 11 record so far with the 2018 women's and the 2019 men's remaining. Okay. All right. Barry, I think it's your turn now. Did you say 2018 women's is left? Yeah. Okay, I'll take that. I can't remember who won. Um, who won the fucking first ever women's royal? Uh, no, Asuka did. Okay. Um, oh, yeah. I'll Good. once again go Nia Jax. Not Nia Jax, Joe. Um, oh, <laughs> fuck knows. Fuck knows. <laughs> yeah, I'll go Bailey again. Nah, Nikki Bella. Nikki, Nikki Bella and Asuka. Oh. You can look, but you can't touch. All right, 2019 men's. Joe, do you want to have a crack or do you want to go for 1988? Um, I'll go for 88, Butch Reed. It's not Butch Reed. Yeah, Barry sure. for the steal. Iron Sheik. No, one man gang was the answer. Oh, okay. And then Barry, 2019 men's. Have 2019 men's. Okay. <laughs> Surely we can get this. Just based on the logic of all the other ones, Roman Reigns. <laughs> it's not Roman Reigns. Well, Roman Reigns. You only get one guess. <laughs> Roman Reigns is the, let me tell you, the record holder. He's he's a four-time runner-up. Oh, my God. Um, Joe. For the one point to close us out. I can't remember. I'll go with Braun Strowman. It's correct. <laughs> <laughs> I knew it was a good answer when Barry came up with it, but yeah. I couldn't. I yeah, know. it's correct. So let me just tally up the. Uh, Who won that year? Was it Brock? Was it Brock? Uh, no, Brock hasn't won in modern times, has he? No, who was Maybe it? Maybe he is. I don't know. Uh, Seth Rollins. Ah, uh, oh yeah, yeah, because they did say they did. Uh, what's his name? Yeah, they did that match. I tell you what, guys, you guys didn't realize at the time with that last answer, but there is a one point difference <laughs> in this game. Fuck's sake, that's gonna stay with me forever. Barry, thirty three points. Joe, thirty four. <laughs> he wins it with the last question of the game, the Braun Strowman. Hail Mary. What a, what a ding dong. So there we go. Like now you know. One. Don't worry about the winners. Everyone knows the winners, but pay attention to the runners up as well. Anyway, let's talk wrestling. Quick. Yes, okay. Right, let's let's, let's, let's uh Did we all watch Dark Side of the Ring before we do anything? Yes. No. No. No, Joe so, too much wrong. Uh Plane Ride from Hell Week. Okay. It was a uh, barrel of laughs. Um yeah. <laughs> I do think, on one hand, that there wa- there wasn't necessarily, aside from the 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 one angle they had of the 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 actual uh, stewards' point of view, that there wasn't really much revelatory in it. It was one of those ones where everyone's heard stories so many times that it, it was kind of what you've heard. But the 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 stewards, um, you know, very much more personal point of view on it, kind of gave things a different. I didn't know. I didn't know there was a lawsuit. I didn't know, even mm. though this story has been told to death in in wrestling yeah. circles. I, but again, it, it's just like when it is told. Uh, I didn't, you know, I didn't realize there was an uh, an alleged assault on there. Um, I'd heard basically all the other stuff, and I suppose when you when you when you when they were telling it in sequence like that, um, and I, I, like I talked last week on the podcast about my first time flying in a while. Flying is not 
even when you're on your holiday and you're doing a quick little trip across the pond, it's, it's it can be an anxious thing. Having these fucking twenty roided up alcoholic maniacs, these yabos, yeah. absolutely tearing the flight asunder. Um, uh, I mean, I can imagine even before you get into the particulars of the horrible things that happened, I can imagine how unbelievably stressful that entire thing must have been. Um, and it was a real, it was a real insight into the shitty boys club culture of wrestling, not just with the things that they got up to, but in with 2021 eyes, you still had Tommy dreamer, uh, trying to fob it off as, as no big deal. Um, uh, which blew up in his face, I guess. Um, yeah. And I mean, as far as the Tommy dreamer thing goes, he definitely came off really, really badly. And yet, on the other hand, I, 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 I do wonder, you know, ever since, um, God, I don't remember which one it was, but I, you know, I've seen some real documentaries that have, you know, documentary makers are going in to interview. I'm not saying this is what happened with Tommy Dreamer, by the way. I'm not trying to excuse what he said. No, no, no. This no, is no, just no. something to consider. Is that the documentary makers, um, in some cases, are, are, are asking leading questions to try and get some specific quote out of a person. And I don't know if, if, if it's possible even that, you know, Tommy Dreamer went in with the mindset that a lot of people have had about the plane ride of hell, plane ride from hell, that it's this wacky story of these out of control wrestlers and da, da, da. And whether he didn't quite understand that they had, you know, interviewed the, the, the stewardess who was there or, you know, what he, what he necessarily thought the, the angle on, on the thing was going to be. And to be fair, and this is something that I also feel two ways about, is he put out this statement uh, today apologizing for what he said and so on. Which, you know, if if people if people act a certain way and are legitimately sorry for it, that's one thing. And maybe he is. To give the benefit of that, maybe he is. But when, like, the people who are like, we accept your apology are Chris Jericho Chris and Ken Jericho. Anderson. Yeah. It's like, that's not for you to say you're forgiven that's not you're oh. not the 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 person who's, who's being asked for forgiveness you know um in a sense everyone who kind of spoke up during the speaking out movement is, are, are more so the target market uh, mm. and specifically the, the the steward in this case are they, you know, i just saw, i thought it was so tone deaf when ken anderson and jerry were like you're forgiven we love you buddy mm. it's like no it's not for you to forgive <laughs> in this case you know yeah um yeah, it was it was a pretty it was a pretty rough watch, and it was it was also again you know more so not even just what happened, but it was so funny that it's it is relayed as you know banter for twenty years at this stage. I know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, to, to, to the industry's great shame. Next week is is not going to be a barrel of laughs either. No, um, you've got the Canyon story, um, which is really just it is really the the core horribleness of of wrestling laid bare. Mm. Um, so that'll be that'll be a tough one as well, I would imagine. Yeah, I mean, but again, I mean, Tommy Dreamer then, by virtue of that, you have to say is quite naive to go in that, with that expectation. If that was the case, knowing how Dark Side of the Ring has been as a series, you know, they've yes. really laid bare some of the 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 worst parts of wrestling history. Um, so yeah, you have to have that expectation of, you know, that's what the Canyon story is going to be. That's what. The uh, the Pillman story was that's what the um, I don't know Dino Bravo like all the episodes that we've seen have really been uh, the fucking Von Erichs one which was nearly the worst one of a lot of them yeah uh, just in terms of like 
<laughs> you're coming out of it going, oh, I need I need to watch something with some bloody levity to it after watching that. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, the Plane Ride from Hell one was, like I said, not really um, super revelatory, but gave you a, a more personal insight into the the effects that these, these kind of things can have. Like, the, the worst part of it to me, or the most affecting part, was... Uh, again, something to, to which Tommy Dreamer made a, a remarkably stupid comment about, um, which was when the she was talking about the um, lawsuit and that her husband was, you know, not pressuring her to do anything, but was kind of leaning on her to kind of sweep the deal under the the whole the whole experience under the carpet for the sake of like their daughter, right, and her well being and knowing about these kind of things, and then Tommy Dreamer's like, well. If she was really upset by it, why didn't she go to court and and put the guy well, in jail? Into the law type Do you know? Thing, and yeah. it's like, well, there's other circumstances at play, and cases like this aren't so cut and dry as well. If if they took a settlement, then obviously there was nothing to it or whatever. Yeah, you know, these things aren't aren't ever that simple. Um, but yeah, I mean, Tommy Dreamer came off super bad. I mean, everyone involved came off really bad. I thought. Yeah, I, I I was I was watching with um with wrestling wise, I mean. Oh yeah, yeah, but I I I, <laughs> I, I was watching with Brody and she she made a I thought an interesting observation. It was kind of the first one in all his appearances where Jr. came off a little bit defensive, um, a little bit like he was on the back foot. There was a little bit of holding his hands up, but there was also when it came to the firings and who didn't get fired and Flair getting off the hook, there was a little bit of oh well you know he was a made man. Was that right? Was that wrong? I'll let you decide. I was like, yeah, you know, basically, <laughs> yeah, it was, it was wrong, Jim. It was wrong. Um, and basically, every other episode he's been on, he's been very frank about this. You know, this was wrong. the The handling of this situation was wrong. And yeah. and I, and on the, you know, but also he did open this episode by saying, if he never <laughs> talks about the plane right from hell again, he would die a happy man, which I can imagine. Um, yeah, yeah. The fucking Dustin Rhodes game off extremely tragic in that in that uh, situation. Yeah. Um. He did, but then again, these are things that we had heard about, you know. Yeah, um, I thought Vince McMahon indirectly came off very bad about it. Oh, for the whole, the whole every episode of this show, he I know, but this one less so directly because it seemed like Jim Ross, you know, as you said, came off as like, well, what can I do to control these nine hundred men <laughs> running yeah. around like a fucking uh, fraternity party. Um, but then it seemed like you know Vince was just like I'm sitting here in the front. You guys are talent relations. I'm not fucking sticking my nose in. Yeah. Whereas you know when you know back in, when you're in like school and the whole place is rowdy and the principal comes in, bang bang bang. <gasps> yeah. Oh, stop. Maybe yeah. if Vince had come out, well, yeah. he probably you probably would have ended up re- wrestling Kurt Angle. Eat about his ass but you know, it's, it just seemed like there was um, a lot of middle management. Like, oh, you guys take care of that shit. I'm not dipping my toe in there. Mm-hmm. Anyway, that was that was that episode. Um, want to talk about happier news? Biggie, Biggie, uh, WWE champion, WWE champion via the the most wrote and played out trope in wrestling <laughs> currently on the go. Uh, Played a little bit differently this time in that they they announced in advance that he was going to do it, but he still ran down at the end of the match and cashed it in. Yeah, <laughs> um, I stopped doing my <laughs> just to get rid of. Yeah, it. I'm over it. I'm over it. Um, you know, I, I, it, it's just it doesn't work on a fundamental wrestling level where 
heels, as Jim Ross would say, you gotta have shortcuts for the heels to cheat and take. Uh, I I never liked the idea of a babyface running in again the cheap title win, especially how often they do it for people's like first win. You yeah. don't get that that boyhood dream has come true. You don't get Steve Austin spinning Michaels around, giving him the stunner, uh, and Tyson doing the fast count. Um, Biggie's first title win, he came down with a briefcase and pinned Lashley in a minute, and everyone was very happy, and that's fine. But like Kofi winning the title at Mania is so much more a satisfying win. Mm-hmm. By virtue of that, he earned it, and so Biggie winning because he got like a lucky golden ticket, and he cashed it at the fair and got like a toy belt. Yeah, you know, um, Money in the Bank was for and we've had this conversation ten times because every year we talk about the same thing. But like Money in the Bank at at, at the initial um, year, maybe two years, was this really cutting edge idea, really clever. Um, but they they they've only ever thought very small about how to use it. They mm. they, they don't come up with the most the most uh, creative ways to use it. It's literally uh, the guy runs out for the cheap pop, gets the title, and this time they're like, well, let's let's do that, but let's promote it a little bit first to get the the viewers, the cheap viewers for the cheap pop at the end. So you know, Big E is obviously great. And yes, for all purposes, is like a lovely guy, and everyone speaks very highly of him. But you know, I'd rather he, he like, was built up, got the title shot, on an important show, and fought hard and got the win, as opposed to what they did. Yeah. So we'll see. We'll see what comes next. The the way they protected Lashley really didn't give you a whole lot of confidence in Big E, but we'll see. Um. Yeah. Um, I, I, do we, I don't know if we want to do too much of a deep dive on AEW, considering we have the big shows next this coming week to, to dissect next week. No, I didn't uh, think there was necessarily a huge amount, really. Was there on Dynamite? And no, I mean, the revelation that they're just going straight to Omega Danielson as a non-title match is, is uh, pretty pretty big. But again, we'll, we'll talk about that more in depth. Yeah. And I don't want to say, aside from the, the Powerhouse Hobbs segment they did on Rampage there, but like... I don't know how many times more, as great as the Taz lines were last week, how many times more we can get a, and CM Punk will speak live tonight and say yeah. nothing. All right, we've done that enough times now. Let's, we've let's, done that. Let's, uh, now we threw him through the announce table. Let's get the ball rolling. Yeah, and I, we don't need another six months of Sting coming out to save Darby from Team Taz either, you know. <laughs> they, uh, oh, my God, how many times did it do that where it was like, Tony Schiavone will interview Sting again. <laughs> Lads, come so on. much, so much. But yeah, I, I thought the the Hobbs angle was really good. It was. It was um, yeah. So um, they're doing a two hour rampage this week, which, given the cards they're offering, I'm really looking forward to. But mm-hmm. my like my one hour one hour rampage. That's what I like. Yeah. Yeah. Saturday morning, yeah. forty five minutes of resting. Perfect. Yeah. Yeah. But it's a special event. It's a special. Right. Yeah. Um, and said, we're not going to run down the entire cards, but it, it is no. like four hours of absolutely bonkers matches. I mean, they've they are like emptying the clip into this one for sure. Uh, Rampage is going to have like uh, you know the super click in a six man tag. You know that's going to you know that's going to be crazy PWG action. Yeah, and your boy Adam Cole doing the uh, pull down the knee pad finish that you love so much. Oh, yeah, he did it. He did it, and he did the Panama Sunrise. I knew he was going to keep the Panama Sunrise, but I can I, I can live with that. God, don't 
Just, uh, just don't slap the knee. That's all I care about. You're, <laughs> du- dude, the part of the leg you're slapping is right next to the head, which is where the camera is pointed at. How do you not see the foolishness of this? Why anyway. doesn't he slap the other leg? Yes, yes. leg. My God, the rock would slap the opposite leg of the hand he was using because he was good. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Anyway, I'm excited for these shows. I'm excited. Joe, you say you say it to him next time you're on the Twitch, right? No, Adam Cause is lovely. Yeah, yeah, do, donate to him so he doesn't slap the thigh. Um, yeah, a very exciting card. Very exciting. Uh, looking forward to. Uh, I mean, I'm forgetting Malachi Black versus Cody Rhodes. That was one mm. I was really looking forward to. And that's oh my god! Yeah, but the, under the, the radar the, a little bit. The worst built match maybe in AW history. No. Rosario on. Dawson's in the crowd. She's in that shit TV show he's on. Oh, Malachi Black cares for some reason. Cody comes out dressed as fucking an usher from a cinema. They start scrapping. <laughs> what is this feud? It's nonsense. Oh, uh, I think the match will be good, though. I think the match will be good. Yeah, yeah, um, probably. Uh, yeah, I think. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if we can use this outreach. <laughs> <laughs> it's a bit controversial anyway, 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 continue, please, anyway um yeah i'm actually looking at, i think the rampage card is almost i say better but uh as good definitely as the dynamite card. Uh, yeah i think so i like the look of the uh, really? like, uh well, dynamite is the, the bigger individual match take out omega like, danielson and yeah and the rest of the card is i agree with joe i think mm. better yeah um Like you have Pillman. Well, first of all, on Dynamite, you've only got five matches and six on Rampage. But like one of the Dynamite ones is Pillman MJF, which whatever about that one. Uh, I mean, two well-built young stars by AW. Oh, you um, can't. You can't use this artwork. You can't. You don't. Don't tempt fate. Do not tempt fate and 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 push your luck with that. <laughs> um, Malachi Black Cody will be really good, I'm sure. But as I just said, I don't really care about the build for it. What do you make of Sting Darby versus FTR? How's that going to go? Um, I think FTR beat Darby, I think. Yeah. Maybe. It's a tricky one. It's a tricky one. They, they, need, they need heels to face the Lucha Bros. Mm. Um, and I don't think they should beat Sting, because I feel like someone should beat Sting singles, uh, and it should matter. And plus, Darby is like also, he's still ranked, but he's obviously not the person who's getting the next shot. So we also don't want to keep start being Darby too often. But I just don't think he's he's not going for anything soon. Do you know what I mean? It's like mm. he's, you're not you're not heating him up for for either title. I, at least I don't think that doesn't look to be on the cards. Right. So I'm like, yeah, and he's the, he's the he's like Brian. He's like Daniel Brian Danielson. He's the, he's you can beat him. It's not gonna it's not gonna kill him. You know. Um, what about Ruby and Britt? Do you think Britt retains? Yeah, I think so. They sure you still have the, the Thunder Rosa rematch in the in coming out of I feel like Thunder Rosa should probably be the one to beat her. Um, um so yeah, Ruby I think I think the Ruby match will be important because it'll give Brit and that'll be a really good match and a really hard fought win and it'll really give her some cred. Um but yeah, I think I think Brit should take it for sure. Okay. And then Omega Brian. Ooh, Gobby Brian. Gobby Brian. Gonna be bloody good or whatever wins that. Yeah. I hope they do a draw. I hope they do a draw. A draw would be very uh, actually a very draw. No, <laughs> do a fucking draw. Come on. I mean the fact that it's non-title seems to indicate that there's gonna be some kind of you know, they wouldn't do it 
necessarily that way if it's going to be a straight Kenny win. So I actually don't mind the idea of a draw. I, I didn't even consider uh, that. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe. Maybe. Uh, anyway, super click. Surely would beat Jurassic Express. Yes, yeah, 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 yes, 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 yes. Uh, well, Inner Circle against Men of the Year. Jericho and Hager. Oh, what? Jericho answering what the team? fucking Lambert thing. Oh, God. So lame. <laughs> yeah, then Punk, Hobbs, Suzuki Goon against Moxley Goon. And uh, Big Eight Man Tag, and then Anna J Penelope. I, I must say, I like the team of Lucha Brothers and uh, Pride Powerful. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Not that they, you know, do the old wrestling thing of all the Mexicans have to be in one big team, but uh, and also that they're not Mexican, Pride and Powerful, they're from Puerto Rico. Um, but, you know, all the Latin... That's the, all the Mexicans, whatever they're from, they're all Mexicans. they got to be in the same team. The old McMahon way. But I like I just like them as a team. I liked when they came out for the save. I was like, oh, that's a good little stadium. Yeah. They'll, they'll, they'll do some exciting stuff together. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. That's Grand Schlem. Yes. Uh, four hours in total. So, we'll have a lot to talk about next week. Well. Um, yeah. And, um, yeah. We'll, uh, we'll call it there, folks. Another bumper edition of this show. We'll be back next week with, uh, with reviews of all the Grand Slam shows. Uh, and I'm sure more Twitch talk. Probably more Deathloop as well. And, uh, and some various other things. Maybe Amazing Spider-Man 2. Who knows? Um, yeah, so thanks very much for listening, folks. Uh, do pop us an email if you want us to chat about anything in particular next week. And uh, yeah, it's a goodbye from me, Barry. It's a goodbye from Paul. Goodbye. It's a goodbye from Joe. Goodbye. goodbye.